All right, we're back live happening. And uh, what's an extinct species? What you'd think would be an extinct species on this planet? It'd probably be a conservative in Berkeley, California. Well, we have located the last remaining conservative in Berkeley, California for our second hour. And they used to sort of tolerate the guy. Uh, Dan McDonough is going to join us after COVID jabs. It was all over. And uh, I want to hear his story. And where's the compassion from the liberals on this one? Uh, but before we get there, I will complain a little bit about my aching legs because, well, I'll explain in a moment. And Jonathan Emord, who I will not complain about at all. We got the sacred fire of liberty hour edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Did you know that New York under Hochul, they're going to start talking to your online neighbors before they approve you to exert one of your rights? That is the right to keep and bear arms. Student loan forgiveness fury. I've got some fury on that. It's probably different than some, but we'll get to that. <sighs> Take a deep breath. Join us. Tell your friends. We're here. We're happening. RobertScottBell.com slash listen. The power to heal is yours. I'm just here to remind you. And we'll do a little political economic healing too. All right, let's go. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Who is still standing? I'm still standing. And I'm... Uh, Making sounds like I'm an old Jewish man today. Oi, oi, ow, oi. Well, hey, you guys climb up eight miles of elevation. I mean, not straight up, but eight miles of a hike, sometimes across boulder fields with moving rocks, and you still stand the next day. Now, I know many of you can. In fact, I, I know some people have done the hike I did with my daughter and much of her senior class yesterday. Shout out to them. And just amazing. What a journey. And I think the trick is, the trick, the key is start in the middle of the night when it's still dark and you have no earthly idea what you're doing with a little headlamp on. Then by the time the sun comes up, you're halfway there. You didn't even know what you just did. But when you come back down, you're like, whoa, this is twice as long as I remember. I know why. It's a trick, but it worked. Here I am alive and well and in the company of, well, I would say constitutional giants. How about this one in particular? Jonathan Eboard is back. Sacred Fire of Liberty time here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Jonathan. Robert, next time you ought to tie your shoes. You left your shoes untied, and that made it so difficult for you, falling all over yourself. I, you know what? I, 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 I actually, I have a, a minor blister. That's the big thing. It's a little tiny blister. I, I, honestly, I did really well. I'm so happy, and nobody got injured. I fell once and, and, and bruised a knuckle. I mean, like, whoop-de-doo. That was amazing, but I did find that my days of uh, evil Knievel stunts are probably over as I'm walking the edge of cliffs going, I'm really not liking the falling down and not hitting a mat in the ring, but down at the bottom of the mountain. So I think that might be it for me as far as, uh, you know, the, the edge cliff dwelling edge. I don't know. People were running know, down. I, I think uh, evil went up into his sixties and kept doing that. Didn't he all broken apart? 50 yeah. million bones broken. And he just kept going on. So I think you have quite a few bones that have not I, been broken that you can spare to, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going down that methadone road that evil, evil, evil can evil did. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but an, an incredible journey. And and you know what? I'm just pleased, like I said, to do that at, you know, my age. Not that I'm really old relative. I make fun of our age. But the reality is pushing your body, moving your body to do things you don't know if you can do or you're a little trepidatious about. I think it's it's really cool. You come back and you're like, it was so worth it. And my daughter was great because that's what she said. She's like, I really didn't want to do this. But I come back down. It's like I, it was so worth it, Dad. And and the thing is, I'll be honest, going up 
you know, I'm into the fitness. So I'm like, let's go, let's go. Let's keep up with everybody. My daughter is such an artist that every time she sees something beautiful, she's like, stop and look, take a picture, imagine it because I know she'll draw it later. And I had to chill out. I had to go, this is not about me. This is not about me. And, and the things that she did on the way up. And now I'm like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was a great, great lesson for me and for her to be who she is. And I love her for it. And, and yet we still made it up. So anyway, I'll talk more about it. We've got pictures in the second hour sometime on that, but I always like enjoying the thoughts of, you know, uh, what we experience as dads. And I know you have amazing kids as well. I've got to meet, they're growing up so well, and it's just fun to see what they're able to accomplish. And if we can sort of keep up with them, that's pretty cool too. Well, you're doing well, Robert. Some 23 rounds you do, three minutes <laughs> around, one minute in between. That's absolutely brutal. So if by the time you're 80, you cut back to, say, uh, 15 rounds, mm -hmm. you'll still be vastly uh, superior to the rest of us who find three rounds very hard. To very match. sufficient. Yeah, I think we only that's get 30 right. seconds downtime per round, but that's OK. Oh, you're, you're, you're way up there in the crazy zone of athletic <laughs> I like being in the crazy zone. Somehow it fits it. Somehow it fits me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Jonathan, I, I was uh, uh, like certainly glad that I made it down to be here with you today, among other reasons. Uh, you have an article out uh, at the, and it was pu published at town hall this last week and it's entitled, we are the enemy. And of course you don't mean you and me, do you? I mean, we're not the enemy, are we? Is that what you mean? We are. What? What, what are you talking about? We're all the enemy, my boy. This well, is, I, I, this is these the the dastardly truths of socialism. When when those in power want to impose a socialist government, then the people are the enemy. They're no longer the sovereigns. It's not uh, a government of, by, and for the people. It's a government of, by, and for the government for itself, and we become slaves, just mm -hmm. mere instruments. And that's why so many people are saying, how on earth could those who are elected uh, push through this uh, $300 billion uh, payoff for student loans when it's so inflationary and when it teaches such a bad lesson to kids and then it ruins freedom of contract and it's a legislative power, not an executive power. So how is it that the president can get away with this? Well, the answer is they're already convinced that socialism is here. They don't have a constitution that restricts their activity. They couldn't care less how they redistribute income, and they couldn't care less about how much devastation they bring. In fact, they want that. They want an open border policy that will bring in crime and destroy the nation. They want inflation to run rampant and ruin a, the free market. They want gas to be so expensive that people can't operate any business in this country or even have heating in the wintertime. They want that. That's their nirvana when everyone becomes totally dependent on them. They have maximum power. They want a crisis. They want a perpetual crisis so that they can gain ever more power. So this is the plan. I mean, in July of 2019, when AOC's chief of staff met with the governor, Jay Inslee, and his staff to talk about climate change, uh, AOC's chief of staff broke word to them, hey, look, this really isn't the Green New Deal really isn't about climate change. It's not about the environment. It's about finding a way to get Americans to allow us to turn this country into a socialist state. It's about that transformational change. How about and we don't participate in, in, in that uh, eventual inevitability if the Democrats have their way? 
How about we don't participate? How how righteous is it to, uh, let's say, support, to prop up a regime that enslaves you? That enslaves you, Not you know, it used to be just about debt, but now it's like overtly, we're not going to let you leave your home. We're not going to let you use a, a combustion engine. Any number of ways. California has passed something that by 2035, no, no new uh, uh, gasoline cars are going to be allowed even. I mean, how's that for an authoritarian dictatorial government at the state level, much less the federal level? That's what it's coming down to. We are going to have to show our patriotism by our refusal to be enslaved. Mm -hmm. We are going to have to fight back against this. Now, I'd like the easy route, which is to vote in people who are opposed to this agenda. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, if 2022 doesn't work out as everyone thinks it probably will, yeah. if it doesn't work out with Republican control of the House and Senate, and if in addition to that, we don't see a change in the White House in 2024, but we see more socialism. I think mm -hmm. at some point we're going to reach the breaking point. Yeah. When Americans, we have a silent majority. Almost all Americans in this country oppose this agenda, yet they're relatively silent. The American people are quite willing to tolerate pain for a considerable amount of time, but I'm telling you, they're moving so fast and they are achieving so much destruction of the market. We're in a recession big time now. You see mm -hmm. the data that just came out. We're in de demonstrably a recession uh, by all def economic definitions, not just two quarters of yeah. uh, uh, GDP decline. But we also have all other indications that the recession is going to be a long, hard one. Yeah, the recession that cannot be named is recession. In other right. words, yeah, more data coming in to validate and, that. And on, on 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 that good news, this idiot who's in the White House has just signed a bill that the idiotic Congress has given him to cancel student debt by increasing the national debt by three hundred billion more dollars, and the inflation attendant to that, mm -hmm. in addition to the inflation coming from the three point. Uh, $7 trillion that was pushed through just in the last uh, year and a half is uh, is really impressive. I mean, we're talking about shaking the market. The market is decreasing. That's what the GDP shows. And it's going to decrease more. At the same time, the government is spending like mad. Yeah. And the effect of that is rampant inflation. We've just seen the start of it. This winter given their policies on climate change and the destruction of the fossil fuel industry, home heating oil is going to go through the roof and people are going to see gas continue. That's going to turn around and go up. Yeah. You know, he's drawn down from the strategic petroleum reserve so much that there's virtually nothing left for a national defense. Some of which he sent to China, interestingly enough. And I, I got to ask this, Jonathan, talk about, you know, we, we have principal discussions about these things. Where or where in the Constitution was there any authorization for the federal government to provide loans for people to go to college in the first place? I mean, wouldn't we be better off canceling the entire student loan program and stopping it and saying this should never have ever started? Oh, you bet. And take a look at this, Robert. All right. So they just paid off uh, 80 percent of the people who have student loan debt. They have paid it off uh, roughly 20,000 or higher for each person. The payments are largely going to those who have substantial economic wealth. We're not talking about a payment to the poor. We're talking right. about a payment to the 
upper middle class or upper class. We're talking about payments to uh, doctors and lawyers who just got out of law school and medical school. We're talking about payments to people with PhDs. We're talking about payments to people who have engineering degrees or who have degrees in computer science and other degrees like that. Um, who are in the market, who are making money, who are able to pay their, their debts. Mm -hmm. uh, and here's the real tragedy. This is going to raise the cost of education in this country. This has the inflationary yeah. effect most directly I, on I would say universities. And that they will raise the cost uh, in tuition roughly mm -hmm. comparable to the amount of money that's typically given well, out. Yeah. And Jonathan, I, I would say that's not a bad thing based on what we know of higher uh, levels of indoctrination, university level, right. with some exceptions, of course, I'll, I'll acknowledge. Uh, but I look at this entire debt program based on loans, student loans. Remember, that's what spurred the hyperinflation of college costs in the first place. There was right. like money that was given out for free that was guaranteed by the government. And guess what? Where you're paying it back to are the same bankers that get bailouts every time there's a collapse. Isn't well, that look at all the people that are going to be rooked in this whole process, too, the people who've already, uh, you know, who, who are the sponsors of these loans. And you've got the payoff amount for 20,000 or so of these loans. And these people who are variously outside of this process, people who have home mortgages are going to pay more for their mortgages. The inflationary effect is going to hit them. It's going to hit everybody. It's going to hit the cost of the grocery store. People who have nothing at all to do with this are going to get hit. In other words, we're going to pay for this one way or another, right? So we're going to pay for this by inflation. And, and the effect of that is that many people who did not, in fact, the overwhelming majority of people who did not get college degrees are going to be financing those who did. Right. And in addition, here, here's, here's the other real kicker. So he just paid off 80% uh, of the existing loans. Well, next year, they're going to be more loans. And those people are going to say, pay yeah, off my I loans. Pay it, off mine too. It's unfair to me but, too. I, I, have, I have student loans now too. You should pay off my student loans. And so the this is exactly what AOC wants. This is what Chuck Schumer wants. This is right. what Pelosi Moving wants. it more into everybody pays. Okay? Yeah. It's an entitlement. Yeah. We will now pay everyone's college tuition. Now, here's the deal. As with uh, all... Uh, things of value that are paid for by the government, you're going to end up then increasing demand through the roof. People say, hey, you know, I did, I couldn't go to school because I had to pay for it. Now I'm going to go to school. I'm going to go to college. And that demand is going to increase and mm -hmm. it's going to then restrict supply. So what are we going to have? Rationing. We're going to have rationing. We're going to tell people, okay, we have a lottery system. If, you're, if your number's picked, you get to go to college. But if it ain't, you don't. Well, Sorry. I hope that my kids don't get picked because I didn't want them to go to college and I still don't. Well, even that's if the other factor. I mean, the other thing is we've got uh, Marxist indoctrination coming in through the, exactly. the, the colleges and that is part of building this revolution Jonathan, in our own country and destruction. Even, even so-called conservative so Christian. That in addition to what they're paying right now. Right, right. Even and, I'm saying this, Jonathan, and it's just even conservative Christian colleges across this land have brought in woke ideologues, have countered their own, let's say, principles to bring in folks that are Marxists. And it's like, you yeah. won't believe what's happening on these campuses. And they're censoring conservative speech. They don't even, you know, it used mm -hmm. to be the university, the concept of a university is a diversity of opinion 
mm-hmm. and, and debate. Intellectual engagement, now, debate. Yes, absolutely. And that's why I'm I say censor. There's no sense. There's no debate. There's only one party line. It's completely a Marxist mm-hmm. regime in most universities across the country. Not only Marxism, but yeah. they're destroying the nuclear family consistent with Marx desires yeah. by creating this gender fluidity con- nonsense. And really, they're just ruining the lives of a lot of kids. And they're turning it, they're making them hate their own country. So we see in uh, a fairly recent Gallup poll, mm-hmm. some 75%, 76% of Democrats say they have no problem with socialism. Some uh, 30, 40% of independents say they have no problem with socialism. And upwards of 17% of Republicans say they have no problem with socialism. What's wrong with those people? But the reality is they're all brainwashed with these uh, education. And now it's not just collegiate education. They're educating in, the, in this Marxist nonsense now in preschool on up. Mm-hmm. The whole education establishment, the National Education Association, for example, is pushing this critical race theory destruction of uh, everything that is the foundational of this country. Yeah, every level of education has become corrupt with rare, rare, rare exception. Unless you're homeschooling your kids, you, you really don't know what's being taught. You got to engage fully. And we've seen some of that happen, like in Virginia on CRT pushback. But still, the entirety of thinking that the government control, control of education would not end up resulting in teaching kids the glory of government. And I don't mean a government of the people, by the people, for the people. I don't mean a government of limited powers. I mean a government that owns and controls you, that doles out privileges and calls them rights and rescinds them when you don't behave according to their edicts. Uh, This is something that the entirety of the Department of Education, there shouldn't be a Department of Education at the federal level. There shouldn't be a Department of Education. There shouldn't be a Department of Energy. Uh, We should greatly restrict health and human services. It's over enormously... uh, gross in its in its growth we should we should actually privatize the function of the food and drug administration drug approval ought to be done by independent labs under a statutory scheme that keeps them blinded in testing drugs to see if they're safe and efficacious we certainly should get rid of the uh, uh, drug enforcement administration and not to the extent that military operations are used overseas to interdict uh, 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 narco criminals, that should be done by the United States military if we're going to do that. It ought not be done by the DEA. The DEA is yet another example. I mean, the Federal Mm -hmm. Trade Commission should be abolished immediately. There's no question about that. Any function that is legitimate that is performed by any of these agencies ought to be performed directly by statute to uh, rather than by giving legislative, executive and judicial power unconstitutionally to independent agencies to wield that power and create law and enforce it and judge it at the same time. That's tyranny. That is what James Madison described as the very definition of tyranny. Mm -hmm. And we've left those founding principles. And and now it's gotten to the point where, of course, they are destroying our history. They're not only falsifying it and propagandizing it and saying how condemnable they think it is, Mm -hmm but they are also destroying the monuments, destroying the uh, icons of Americans, America's founding. They recently, I can't remember what institution it was, but they, uh, oh, they're proposing to get rid of Thomas Jefferson. Uh, any reference to Thomas Jefferson 
changing the names of these institutions, all of this controlling language is a big uh, function of Marxism and mm -hmm. of our left. Even Taking terms and prohibiting their use or yeah. giving them a definition that is that is unusual, that that serves or furthers their ideological agenda and makes that, those words unusable in common parlance unless it is in line with their ideology. We've got to we have to stand up against all of this. We have to fight for our freedom. And we are very much facing a real uh, a terminus as far as being able to be free in this country. I mean, we've got to recognize how close we are to losing all of our freedoms. We are very close. Jonathan, and, your, your, your book here, again, The Authoritarians, if you're new to the Robert Scott Bell Show, this is a history book everybody should read, and especially with your high schoolers that are getting woke ideology and, and no history in reality. And, uh, you know, my upbringing went through university. I did. I got a degree, right? I call it that now because I had to unlearn most of what I learned to know the truth, <laughs> to know the facts. And yet I was going to go medicine, you know, that story. And then I found out from my experience of 19 years of being treated by doctors, including my uncle, the doctor, God bless him, God rest his soul, who told me you shouldn't be a doctor because you're going to be miserable. And then I realized, yes, all the things they did to me poisoned me. They tried to poison me back to health over and over and over again, all these interventions. I'm not saying they meant to do that. I didn't say they don't mean well, but their system is, is, is very limited in terms of acute care, warfare type medicine, triaging. It's, it's second to none. But applying those same principles everywhere is wrong. And then I come to find out years after graduating, I learned of something called homeopathy. Turns out that was part and partial to the medical history of the United States of America. Troops in the Civil War had field medicine kits con consisting of homeopathic remedies. And they taught homeopathy at the medical school where I would have gone, or at least that school I was at in undergrad. They taught it till 1949. And yet there was no mention of it in my entire years of growing up in grade school, middle school, high school and in all the way into university level as if again you talk about changing history they've erased history even before we got into this overt woke ideology of destroying statues from the past we are suffering from a, a history deficiency disease or syndrome which i know you're trying to correct with all the things you write about and as i say this about my upbringing and, and you know typical american if you can call it that realizing how much we had been lied to even by uh, omission right sins of omission they kind of didn't tell us then now we're at that point, and you kind of laid it out at the beginning, Jonathan. I wanted to approach this a little bit more with you. We're not advocating violence. We don't do that, although we acknowledge our right of self-defense if somebody tries to steal something from us or break us or kill us or our family members. But at what point do we say, hey, you know what? We, we gave this voting thing a chance, right? You, you laid out a possible scenario. We have overwhelming support of the independents and a lot of Democrats are going, mm, I didn't sign on for that. It's gotten a little too extreme for me. That would probably turn the House and the Senate and eventually, yes, the presidency over. And it doesn't happen. Let's say we feel that there's been a lot of deception in the voting thing or even in a positive scenario. Hey, look, we, we took them back. And the move towards socialism continues, even with Republicans in charge. At what point do we realize this voting thing? It was good for a while. It doesn't seem to be working anymore. You end up, the worst case scenario is that if we don't stop this in 2022 and 2024 and a dystopian environment comes to pass where socialism reigns supreme, free market economics is broken immeasurably or permanently by government 
and the government takes over either through such extensive regulation or through ownership, direct ownership, which of course is AOC's plan, direct ownership, taking over the uh, energy sector, taking over the healthcare sector, taking over uh, the uh, private commercial sector as much as is possible. That's their aim. That's what Schumer would love. That's what Pelosi would love. And that certainly is what AOC would love and the squad would love. If they achieve that end, then freedom-loving people are in a position where we are like in science fiction movies where you have an underground society where you have to avoid the police because they are agents of a state that's going to co-opt you into a, a, a form of slavery directly to the state and you want to have a free market. Well, let me tell you this, the history of the world is in favor of freedom. We are all born with freedom. It's an, it's an inalienable condition for us of, of right by God, not by government. And when we see this, where the state turns itself against us, makes us the enemy, and then drives out our liberty, then you end up with people who have to form societies that are free and operate in an underground manner. And that's what I hope does not come to pass in this country as the ordinary circumstance. But by, by all means, if our freedoms are taken away, if you don't have freedom of speech, if you don't have the right to own property, if you don't have the right to control the education of your children, if you don't have the right to freely engage and choose uh, the health care you want, then you are a person who's a slave to the state. And nobody wants to be a slave. No one. And so what do you do in a situation like that? What do you do when you live and effectively live in a communist China? What do you do when you effectively live in, in Iran, where there's a theocratic dictatorship, where authoritarians are in control? Well, you have no, no choice but to dissent and to withdraw and ultimately to revolt because your society, if you're ever going to be a free people, will depend upon you reasserting control in favor of liberty. Now, here's the real, real terror. Mm -hmm. The beauty and the extraordinary nature of our revolution in the American Revolution, where freedom gained its ascendancy and where someone like George Washington gave up power rather than assumed power, and you had a, a population that uh, expected its rights to be protected, and you had a government willing to grant rights protection in a constitution designed to be for all times. That occurrence is unique in American and world history. The French, even you know, the Marquis de Lafayette, he was thoroughly for liberty his whole life. And he went back to France and tried to duplicate the American Revolution. But unfortunately, we had the bloody French Revolution and the Jacobins in, the, in France ended up pushing a socialist agenda and they ended up taking over France and they ended up killing, as socialists and communists do when they have total power, their enemies. And you ended up with no republic, no liberty protected, right. no constitution that was in actual effect. And yeah. that's that's the problem. If we lose our liberty this go around, mm -hmm. what is the probability that we'll be able to restore the republic? 
What's the probability? If we allow this to happen, this go around. So look, I'm saying don't sit back and let it happen. Get to work. Talk to your friends. Talk to your neighbors. Talk to those who you who disagree with you. Let them know what you say is coming. Let them know that, hey, look, we go down this route. You aren't going to be free. You may like talking your talk right now and whatever it is, conservative, liberal talk. You may like your freedom. You may like to buy things you want at the store. You may like to be able to afford to live. You might like not starving. You might like that. Mm -hmm. But you're going to lose it all unless you wake up and join the ranks of those of us who are going to oppose this nightmare. We And I'm telling you, these people are all in. Schumer, Pelosi, Biden, the whole administration, the leadership of the administrative state, all the political appointees that he has in the government. They are all in to this so socialist transformational change. Mm -hmm. They're all for it. Yeah. Here, they here's are where, all for it. And I so appreciate your candor in approaching, you know, the question with integrity because you always bring it. Uh, yes, it is a, it's a, something I'm not wishing for, not hoping for, but recognizing that we're on this path, not because of Biden getting here this term, as we talk about the whole history of how we got here. And it was because, for instance, the so-called opposition, the Republican Party, rather than speaking out on principle consistently, toe tapped on things like right now, you've got Republicans screaming and crying about loan debt forgiveness instead of also at least going, hey, the student loan program shouldn't exist at all. We need to abolish it yesterday. And right. I was having a big argument, knockdown, drag out with Super Don over this. He's like, that's not practical, Robert. I know it's not practical when people get used to getting stuff for free, basically. They don't like it when it's taken away. But inevitably, it's going to collapse because economically, it's not sustainable. And I'm not, I'm not throwing and Super Don under the bus. it fuels the inflation yeah. uh, cost of education. So in other words, yeah. all of this government intervention to help finance education is increasing mm -hmm. the costs of education and putting it always beyond the reach. So you got kids getting out of undergraduate school with mm. debts over $100,000. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I, it's untenable. And, and, and the kind and of jobs they, that... Have no, I mean, what do you got your degree in art or whatever? No prospects of ever repaying no it. So the inevitability, it's money. set up to fail. It's set up to enslave people. And then they're going to be begging for socialism because they thought the, the free right. market failed when it was never a free market. And then anyway. you've got these idiots like uh, Pocahontas. What's her name again? Oh, yeah. yeah Elizabeth Warren. Warren, right. So, yeah. You got Elizabeth Warren saying, you know, hey, look, you know, it's not your fault you got into student loan debt. Well, you signed the contract and you knew how much money you would have to pay back. But that doesn't matter because, you know. Your education, you deserve that. That's your right. Yeah, the, you but the whole thing is a scam. And have the rest of us yeah. pay for it. You have a right to that. That's what the socialist does. The socialist ends up bankrupting you and making you poverty stricken and a slave to the state. But what they tell you on the way there is that you have affirmative rights to other people's stuff. So you have a right to education that mm -hmm. costs no matter what it costs. You have a right to education. You have a right to health care no matter what. They want to charge as long as it's government approved health care, as long as it's yeah. government. You, can, you see, that's already communist because you can have only well, you can have any kind of health care you want, Jonathan, as long as it's allopathic. Yeah. Sound familiar. Right. And 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 this whole idea that, you know, you are entitled. You don't have to work for it. 
you don't have to pay it back. You're entitled to it and it ought to be paid for. I mean, mm -hmm. it ends up with the old Margaret Thatcher line, which I love to always quote. And she has a million of them about socialism mm -hmm. that are brilliant, by the way. Yeah. If you want to learn about socialism, read Pretty Margaret soon. Thatcher. But Margaret Thatcher said the problem with socialism is that you eventually run out of, run other, out of people's other people's money. money. And you do. Yeah. The only, and, and, you know, it's a parasitic environment, right? You have mm -hmm. government that leeches necessarily, leeches off the productive in order to function. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Now we have $32 trillion in debt. What does that mean? It means greater and greater leeching off of the private sector. The private sector will either pay for government by paying the inflationary cost of it, or will pay for it by taxation. Either way, mm -hmm. this parasite of the federal government today is so large that it's sucking the life's blood out of everybody mm -hmm. who's productive in this country. And it's going to get a lot worse before it can get better. But here's the thing. We can get there. We just need to be smart. We need a mm -hmm. supply side economy. We need to cut taxes on individuals and corporations. We need to eliminate regulatory barriers to the full scale production of our natural gas and oil resources in this country and fossil fuels. In How about this going back to impose excises and tariffs and drop the, the, the progressive Marxist communist in income tax and eliminate the IRS as well while we're at it? I mean, there are ways that the federal government can operate in the Constitution without claiming ownership over all the humans in that are duped into the system. And then they're told here, this is how much you can keep. Yeah. So you've got this in uh, falsely named Inflation Reduction Act, which is a seven hundred and forty billion dollar additional massive expenditure. Even the libtards are calling it a Green New Deal in their own right. Not a uh, not inflation uh, reduction act in reality. Yeah, it's only green if you're in government. I mean, they see the money going out the door, but they realize that it's a trick to you because it's just going to cause you to pay more and more and more and more for things. Mm -hmm. And it's going to create more uh, supply chain disruptions and everything. I mean, yeah. Hey, Jonathan, I think I know just enough about the law to be dangerous, right? I've heard of things called unconscionable contracts before that exist in laws defined. I don't know if this matches up to the student loan thing, but Anytime you got the banksters using money that is printed out of thin air that are then bailed out when they fail their their policies and their loans fail by the taxpayer, so to speak, and the government prints more money. Then the question is, in a loan scenario like that, what's at risk? Whatever bankers are loaning this stuff out, is it isn't it a, a legal fiction? And this whole thing is a scam and unconscionable, ultimately, again, to drive people into debt slavery. Yes. Through fraud. Yes, it is. It is. All of this. Everything we're talking about, every single thing we're talking about with this administration, every action they have taken, everyone is designed to make you a dependent on government. It's designed to impoverish you and to make you increasingly dependent upon more and more government. That's how you give up your freedom. That's how you give up your freedom of choice. That's how they gain total control. That's what it's all about. It's a transfer of sovereignty they're working on. We have a, we had the greatest free nation in the history of the world, an empire of liberty unsurpassed in the history of the world, and they are bringing it down. They want to destroy it, and they want us to be like every other pedestrian, despot-driven uh, third world country 
where you don't have a pot to even pee in mm -hmm. and where you don't you can't drive a car you can't own a cow you can't fly in an airplane and you're just gonna sit there you'll get a government stipend check that won't even cover the cost of the groceries look at look at venezuela you want to talk about life under socialism look at cuba look at china look at all of the world you'll either be so void of any freedom or you will be controlled in your market activity as well as void of freedom mm -hmm. and you will be <laughs> a slave i mean nobody wants to lose their freedom can you imagine a life where you can't say anything well unless it's pre-approved i mean look they're talking about spying on neighbors They're yeah did you about, see new york hokel's trying yeah. to say hey you know what you want to own a gun, right to keep and bear arms and all? Well, we wouldn't want you to have any of them, but the court says we have to let you. So we're now going to have your neighbors, your online neighbors, tell us whether you're worthy of exerting a right that is yours by virtue of your very creation. Your yeah, birth. they're going to allow, they're going to allow hearsay. They're going to mm -hmm. allow a neighbor's word to, to take away your rights. They will talk to your neighbors. They will find out whether your neighbor thinks, is that person stable? Do they are, are they a part of any political movement or group that we consider to be radical or that we consider to be extremist? Oh, oh, really? They're Republicans. Oh, really? Oh, well, has does how do you know they're a Republican? Oh, they said that they oppose the Biden administration. Oh, well, they they're they're crazy. They're against the government. Oh, okay, they're crazy then. Oh, all right. Well, they can't own a gun. No. We're going to send the police over now and we're going to take their confiscate their weapons they can then go to court and sue to get them back but they'll have to prove that they're actually sane mm -hmm. and you know before the liberal judges in new york you may succeed yeah. or you may not but if the judge is going to want to know are you a mm -hmm. are you a conservative right do you think what do you think about january 6th do you think that that was a uh movement against uh, free people by the government is that what you think mm. oh you're delusional you're insane no you can't own a you gun. can't have a gun no and, and you know beyond the the disaster that socialism is in reality you know as a fiction they like oh yeah everybody's equal and we know it never works out that way some animals are more equal than others but under central banking whether you pretend to be a free market economy or not central bankers have this knack of through usury through fractional reserve, once they realize no one's coming to get all the money at once, start to debase the coin, so to speak, like clipping the coins of old and ancient Rome and debilitating the ability to have an economic exchange of reliability as well. And in that way, you lead it to what we're seeing here in that history of progressivism in the authoritarians that you write about. We, we should add in if 1913, the Federal Reserve Act, what that set up. Thomas Jefferson warned us about central banks. I mean, yes, it's did. just an, another layer of what, you know, those of us with principle or that Ron Paul, oh, he's an anachronism. He talked about ending the Fed. It's like, oh, we can't do that. And this is my point. And Superdon, you can open your mic because I'm not throwing you under the bus on this as we were arguing about the student loan stuff. You can't just stop it altogether. Like, well, it's going to fail eventually anyway. Why not stop it soon and, and lick our wounds and get on with it? And that's the proverbial ripping the Band-Aid off. And Super D, you're just too compassionate to do that. It's not about compassion. I mean, you know. Listen, I, again, I'm trying to be practical about the situation. You know, this is one of the reasons why, in my opinion, that Ron Paul didn't win. It was unfortunate. 
when he was out there talking about, listen, we need to do this, we need to get rid of that, we just need to rip he this was out right. here and throw it out. It's not that he wasn't right. He was totally right. But it was impractical, a lot of the stuff that he, that, in my opinion, yeah, that he was saying hooked, that we need to do because the there's, there's no way that that would actually happen based on how just ingrained corruption is in the system. The system can't operate without it at this point, without right. collapsing and having to be real, rebuilt. So as long as some people are, are, are okay with that, which some people are, and I'm not saying I'm totally against that either. Because I think, honestly, that's about the only way that you, you got to reboot the system. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like I, a computer. I want to say that, that Don's mm-hmm. on to something here. And let me just say this. We need, this is why we need people other than rhinos in government. And the reason is that we need to be able to transition out of uh, socialism and into capitalism. But he's right. Take, for example, Social Security. Mm-hmm. I mean, Social Security is total total garbage i mean you're making people talk about making people dependent right Mm -hmm. well you can't just overnight abolish social security even though it's unprincipled and improper you've got to be mindful of the fact that you're going to hurt innocent people in the process you abolish it overnight and these people paid into it and even though they're getting uh, potentially more out of it if they live long enough potentially but even uh, those that get something out of it it's barely enough to work because the federal reserve note is tanking what do you do with that well what you do with that is this you allow people, and when they when they are uh, uh, youthful, you allow them to opt into an experimental government program, all right, that uh, that will be privatized, whereby they can invest money in the stock market at uh, with their, their chosen stock. How about a how about a, a, an option? Let me just say okay. this: it is without it it is without risk to them. That is to say that the insurance derived from uh, Social Security, you create an insurance fund to back up investments to the extent that the investment is made in this program. You induce people then, and this is a world of second best, and I don't mean it to be permanent, yeah. but you induce people to go into market activity uh, and you and and to the extent that they're successful in that market activity over the course of their life, then you put a economic cap on who's eligible for Social Security and you allow those who opted into this private, uh, you know, because the reality is if they invest any of the money that they would otherwise put in Social Security into the market and hold it over the period of 50 years or so of yeah. their lives, they will they will going to do far better. Far better. I mean, triple or quadruple the investment. Yet they're going to be afraid of losing the Social Security minimum. So what you do is you say you won't lose it. But if you go into the market and you invest wisely in the market, you that that will you will exceed the minimum Mm -hmm. that we expect, you know, for for you to be eligible for Social Security. You're you're given a kind of a safety net of a privatization or semi private. So you shift yeah. people into the private sector because mm-hmm. look, they it's not their fault they had to pay into Social Security. They had to, right? You don't punish people when the government coerces them. I mean, take for example, you got some you, you have a government uh, program, let's say like uh, the the internment of the Japanese in World War II, racist thing that could be recreated under CRT, by the way, a racist thing where you're incarcerating people based on their race. All right. Mm-hmm. And, and they suffered and they, a lot of them lost the property that they had and, and they were victimized by their government. 
Well, their government owes them for that victimization. The same thing is true with Social Security. The government owes us for the fraud that is Social Security. Rather than let the, the Social Security trust fund disappear in 10 years because of the, the, the fact that the money going in is not actually coming mm -hmm. out, but they're paying for other generations, other generations pay for it. Let's be smart and let's help people get a retirement by investing in the market and do that when they first enter the system. See that? That's, do that. You know, I, and that's, that makes sense, right? It's a kinder, gentler, loving Jonathan E. Moore. Not that he's not always that. Unlike, uh, unlike the, the, me, the Sith Lord of, of change here, like, Robert Scott Bell, that like would it. just... Just Cut pull, it pull out the, pull the out cornerstone of the corrupt Let's building and watch it all crash. Intellectually, down. it works, Robert. I'm all for it. <laughs> the point is that we have to be I, smart about I hear, yeah, I getting hear, socialism out of this country. And right. the biggest thing is to not let it happen in the first place. All right, we let yeah. it happen in the first place. It's now like here we are. Medicare, okay? It's yeah. like with Medicare. What I would do with Medicare is I would substitute private insurance for Medicare, but this way. This is the way we would do it we would substantially reduce corporate taxes equal in amount to the assumption of the insurance payments for their employees and for others. If you extend your, your wealth, your corporation, and you invest in giving people insurance who need it, then we will diminish the roles, reliance on Medicare and so forth, in favor of private insurance, but we won't harm the people Mm -hmm. In the process, we will simply acclimate them to the greater benefit of no. private insurance. So, my now, I want to make two quick points and then okay. I'll get out of here. Okay, no, based no, on what, what Jonathan just said. Number yeah. one, I agree with him because mm -hmm. you know we didn't get to where we are today overnight. No, that's it true. took time. It took conditioning of people. It took generations that 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 grew up knowing this is this is just normal. This is just how it's supposed to be. I have a right to this. I have a right to that. These things were not rights when they began. They were. It was an experiment, right? It was like we're making these changes, and people opposed it, and some people agreed to it and stuff. But over time, yeah. as people died and people were born. The people that were born, that's all they've known. They just know this is how it is, and so they expect that. That's a way of life for them, okay? Mm -hmm. So I agree with what Jonathan's saying. But at the same time, with the, the ideas that you've got, they're great, and it would work. Oh, dude, really? He froze up? Is that me? Did he freeze up? Well, I know you did that to him, Robert. I didn't. I promise it wasn't well, Robert, me. <laughs> got to, this is where you become a liberal, when you censor those who are criticizing <laughs> No, I didn't do that. I but promise. do you do you think that Wait, any of those things are now in being agreed on? You for like fifteen seconds. I know. Yeah, that's what. Your second said. point. Wow. I didn't do it. Jonathan okay, the I second did. point Thanks is that the you. the things that that Jonathan's suggesting are great, but I just don't see how there's any chance that any of that stuff would ever get passed in Congress. There'd be so much opposition to it. Well, you know, unless unless you know right the, now, the, the, stand, the Republicans yeah. take over, you know, you could and probably get something get, like and we that. Don't, yeah. And we don't I get think, the rhinos. I think we're going to be driven into these choices. I think I think yeah, when Republicans take charge, they're going to have to find creative ways to wean us from this mm -hmm. simply for the Republic to survive. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the unfortunate reality is that if we don't do these innovative things, we are going to be oh, how's just band -aid ripped off? Yeah. in massive debt that will destroy us. It will See, destroy us. Yeah, clearly. I think that's here for this audience. They know that. And, and you know, this is where I went into the unconscionable contract 
because I think Social Security is an unconscionable contract. They claim it's a con. Well, it's not a contract. You just have to do it. But there is no guarantee within the Social Security Administration, all of the details that I've investigated over the years that says they could ever or have to ever give you a penny. They can keep changing the rules and make it. Well, we pay you at 75. We pay you at 85. That's part of their ability to change it. So they don't go bankrupt. So all that time you thought you'd live long enough. To, so for me, it's unconscionable. And I and like well, one of those people that want to in, invest I mean, in themselves. That. They're really stealing money Absolutely from these are. various sources yeah. to fund their own pet projects. Correct. Correct. Always subject to political reform. Another layer of unconscionable. It I, was I, never I, really feasible to begin with that those paying in would just have a, a, a basically an account that they would draw out from. That's never mm -hmm. been the case. They've always been paying for the, it's always been a Ponzi scheme. You're always yeah. paying for other people. So when you realize that is my point, I realize most people don't, and they don't read this stuff. They don't research this and they go, all right, I think I have to do that. I'm stuck. Yes. Then they become victimized by it. At a certain point, enough people know that the game is so rigged. Why would you ever enter into it? Just like I've said, now I have fundamental religious and spiritual views about numbering people like cattle. And I didn't do that for my kids. And I said, when you're 18, you get to make a decision. And my son is 22 and he's still not working in that system and he's getting paid in gold. I taught him well. Now, that's not waiting for the government to give him permission to do something that, well, yeah, they're never going to give you permission for. Here's the, here's the thing, Robert. It is the law that you pay into Social Security. when you If have you a have a Social Security number, that is true. But if you don't have one, there's no account. The of Americans will be employed and will pay Social Security. And I mean, 99% of them will. Yeah. And so and they have no choice. Yeah, so, I know. Exactly. If you have that number, you got to obey when, you, when you've been taking from people for their whole lives and then they're going into retirement and their expectation has been for their whole lives that they would yeah, have that. It's horrible. You can't take it away. You've got to give it to them. It's just like military service. When they tell you when you go into the military that when you if you die in combat, they are going to pay mm -hmm. your spouse a set amount of money and your and your spouse will be able to get your uh, paycheck mm -hmm. yeah. uh, uh, until she dies or, you know, he dies. Well, that's that's a promise made by the government. And I'm not big on breaking promises that induce people to change their behavior. And I mm -hmm. think we ought to protect those things. But I, I know you do. But the government itself doesn't give a flip whether they pay you. Oh, and, no, and no. And that's the problem. People yeah. have to realize in the end that it is a house of cards mm -hmm. and that in that the whole thing can collapse and that it's not a guarantee anyway. But what they need to appreciate is that to the extent possible, we will honor the commitments made and we will, we will use intelligent means to wean us off of the system so that people can still, uh, 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 do well. And that would be nice if we can do on. that. Yeah. If we, if we can do that, we know that the people right now that are condemning us to socialism and perpetual debt, don't give a flip. They pretend to be the airy fairy carry people, but they well, will throw there's, you. There's, there's is the biggest of all lies because what happens is that they over promise to begin with. Yeah. Then they never can fulfill it. And people end up being angry because they've been lied to, but they also get short changed. But in addition, here's the real big kicker. Mm -hmm. The inflationary cost of that and the tax burdens associated with it make it so hard to live mm -hmm. that you end up with massive unemployment, massive inflation, nowhere to turn, a government check that doesn't even cost to cover the cost of your groceries, 
and you end up in a spiral that goes down. Right. Down. Well, it, it's like go government mandating you to remain on the Titanic while it's sinking because they're going to get off first. And if you figure out that they've they've abandoned ship, you're left there because you were being a good little citizen obeying the government. They start off, they, they have a treadmill and it's set at four and you get on there and you're jogging and you're told that uh, they have allocated enough water and enough food to cover it at four. But then the government changes the speed to nine and you're running like a gerbil as fast as you possibly can on that wheel. But the, the water they gave you, the food they gave you is inadequate to sustain you and you're going to get burned out. You're going to get crushed. And that's it, though. No change in the parameters. The government has decided this is yeah. what it will be. And that's just why you can't, you know, socialism never works. It always fails. It always fails. That's and inevitably, who's left holding the bag at the people that either believed in it or just kind of kept cooperating, think it could get better or we could do it differently this time. Uh, and that's the uh, man. It's a sad place in space to be in. But I'm glad we have the temerity to discuss it openly and engage in this discussion for those that don't really know that history and how we got here. There are a few opportunities coming up, Jonathan, to get together with cool people that are really like-minded on the issue of freedom. One of our, uh, those is our friend, uh, Diane Miller. She wrote a book called health freedom, the greatest freedom of all. And uh, she and her group are hosting the United States health freedom Congress. I will be there in attendance. I'm going to talk about, our ability to communicate out to the world about these issues of health, freedom and healing liberty with some of my other friends that'll be there as well. That's the September 23rd and 24th of this calendar year, 2022 in St. Paul, Minneapolis, basically near the airport. Uh, very interesting two day event. It's, it's practical. It's hands on strategizing. We're going to honor from what I hear some of the state level uh, successes that have occurred, uh, the right to say no. Uh, prohibitions against genetic uh, modification by injection of any kind, including what they call COVID vaccines that are not vaccines. So there's some things there where we are going to look at the successes and see how do we duplicate them, even though we may have to modify them state by state. Those are practical. We also have uh, the Wellness Parenting Revolution Health and Freedom Summit and Expo. I'll be at 7th through 9th in, uh, in Orlando. And that's Dr. Stu and, I'm sorry, and Terry Warner. And then we got the one Jonathan and I are all, and, and all of us are going to be at. I hope all y'all will be at the Health Freedom Expo. Thanks to Trinity School of Natural Health, Julie Whitman Klein and the family, TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com. It's the 15th and 16th of October. I know it sounds like it's a long way away. We're in August right now, the latter part of August, then you September, then you got October. We're almost there, folks. Please plan on being there. Uh, there are discounts available to you now uh, as well for attending and or exhibiting. Jonathan, you all, you're always there. You have a booth and with the greatest stuff to wear, whether they be hats or hoodies and shirts and stuff. Wear. Yeah, it's going to be awesome to be there for that and a whole lot of other things. So uh, uh, do you know who's going to go with you from the staff that trip? Um, yes. Uh, Connie uh, Wood and her husband will be coming as well as uh, Congressman Dan Burton, Congressman yep. John Doolittle. Yep. Um, number of people are coming. I mean, this is going to be quite be amazing. an extraordinary event. Yeah, we've got some some people that have never spoken at the expo before coming. Like you mentioned some of them, Jonathan, and they bring history with them about what has happened yeah. transpired in our lifetime people should know that congressman dan burton was the chairman of the house government reform and oversight committee for years and mm -hmm. served in congress for three decades and he was the man for fighting for health freedom in congress he was he was the indispensable man mm -hmm. and so learning i mean he he opposed vaccination he fought as hard as he could uh against it learning about 
what the real politics are and how we can overcome it is really critical. So coming to hear someone of that caliber, he's a great man. John could Dulu, be sensational. It's yeah. tremendous to hear from them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, again, great, great discussion today. Honestly, I, we don't script this stuff. You know that. And I love being able to talk about this, bringing Super Don into the mix as well on these issues. And, you know, people have a lot of perspectives on it. And it, we're better off when we get to talk about this stuff, even uh, in, in uh, congenial disagreements on things. It's great. Honestly, this is what makes it possible, you know, the betterment of all of us by having these engagements. Absolutely. Uh, this is so the discussion that you'll never hear on any other news source it just doesn't happen no and we found out you know even on conservative sites or or pundits like at fox news they're paid for by the white house to be pro jab pro vaccine suddenly when that funding dries up suddenly they change their editorial policy it's like it's very overt where you go, i'd like to think that they really believe what they're saying but then when that happens you go "Ooh, is it because they were paid to do it we're coming together here with this information on principle and we'll talk about what we believe and why we believe it and back it up. And we'll engage with anybody who disagrees with us on a similar uh, basis. It, I, I didn't censor Superdon, I promise. Whatever glitched, it was temporary. And we got him back on. So great hour, Jonathan. Love to your wife and kids and everybody there at the Emord uh, and Associates uh, Law Firm. You can check out emord.com. And uh, we'll look forward to doing this again next week. Same to you, Robert. Talk to you later, my friend. All right, that's Jonathan Emord, Sacred Fire of Liberty Hour. Next hour, uh, that which uh, is about to become extinct, or maybe it already is in Berkeley, conservatism. Could it be that we found the last remaining guy there? And is he still there? Dan McDonough joins us in hour two. And I'll tell you more with pictures about my journey to the almost top of the mountain with my daughter and her senior class. And uh, let's see, who knows what else comes up? Superdome will let me know. Thanks for being here, y'all. The power to heal, even politically, is yours. Robert Scott, the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, I'm still standing here, hour two. I didn't think, I thought I'd do sit down uh, broadcasting today, and I'm still upright. How is that possible after yesterday's hike? We'll tell you more about that hike uh, probably around the bottom of the hour. Uh, we're going to talk about the last remaining conservative potentially in Berkeley in his journey. And uh, I want to say thanks, though. And Super Don, you know I didn't censor you last hour right? it was a weird glitch you were getting into your points and it was like right after you got through one to two it was like i will let up. i will let people draw their own conclusion on that one. <laughs> no no they're gonna think i did that i did not do that no it wasn't it was my, it was my <laughs> internet i have this weird glitch every once in a while i think it's the the, the adapter um, okay and i can get back on relatively quickly but it, yeah it just you know murphy's law it just happened right when I happened to be talking. So, do you need an Ethernet cable? I'll, I'll I'll send one to you. It'll run right to the router, so there won't be a. a well, a that means I got to drill holes in the floor no, just, and all that stuff. Just staple them up above you. It's long enough. Do you know how long that cord would have to be to make it all the way to the router? Fifty feet, right? 50 I have no feet. idea. It's it's in it's you, in the living room, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm like you know I'm through the we kitchen. Two doors right. down on the left-hand side. So anyway. Look, I'm just thinking out loud here. Just I, I'm going to get a new to... adapter. I think that'll fix the problem. Okay, because I get blamed for censorship when I don't do censorship. <laughs>
That was a good so, discussion. It was. Yeah, I thought it was great, honestly. And and you and, and I. I were love how Eward was on my side. It was. I know cool. you guys ganged yeah. up on me, but no, I I get the argument, and I'm not disputing it either. So and I get what you're discussion. saying too. I do 100. percent Yeah. It's just you know I I understand principles are important, but yeah. uh you know I, I I try to be the pragmatic guy you know yes. in the in the in the uh, discussion. That's all. Well, before we bring our new guest, our new friend up from Berkeley today, uh, we do need to say thanks to some of the folks that make this show possible. Yes, and that includes uh, those of you who are growing food wherever you are, hopefully successfully but let's just say you're getting a lot of bug activity i would argue you need to really look a little bit at the the, the quality of the soil but let's just say it's not necessarily soil issue. you just happen to live in florida or georgia or you're in oregon where superdon is and aphids come a calling mm-hmm. i don't want you to use toxic poison that would go against everything we believe in but yet i want you to be able to manage your house if you don't want ants crawling in them and who knows you're living somewhere where people weren't very clean and then you're dealing with their aftermath can you safely neutralize those things without poisoning your kids your pets and stuff yeah you can delimiting comes from the orange peel the citrus peel it's god's medicine for pests to get them get rid of them without harming you and that's orange guard orangeguard.com and our good buddy tor mcpartland has brought that out many years ago even went up to the epa level before it got as corrupt as it is today and he has got to acknowledge it is a registered pesticide in the u.s yet omri listed so it can be used on certified organic agriculture around it and, you know, I spray it around my stuff when I need it. But uh, look, folks, orangeguard.com, or you can go right to your local Ace hardware store where I buy things with gold backs. So thanks, Orange Guard. Appreciate you so much for supporting us. Also, uh, Nutritional Frontiers is still rocking with great products, including their certified organic U.S. grown hemp CBD, uh, which, by the way, uh, that's one of the things I was using. One of the kids that, has a, uh, that I went up on the hike with, she, she didn't think she could make it very far anyway because she knows her history of ankle issues. And I, I used the transdermal stuff. And I asked her later when I saw her back down. Obviously, she didn't go all the way up. She said it really helped. Uh, we put the transdermal delivery hemp on the ankles as well. I utilized it. Um, actually, my wife did right as we were going to air uh, because also from holding the backpack up and I, and I did the walking sticks. I was just sore. But, you know, this stuff works amazing. So if you haven't tried the transdermal CBD cream from nutritional frontiers use the code rsb15 when ordering rsb15 you'll get 15% off even on all sale items whether you go to cbdnf.com or nutritionalfrontiers.com and get anything that they make so thank you to jamie dorley and the gang we appreciate you as well uh let's see what else we got coming up upcoming events we went through a few of them already with jonathan so uh super don unless you think we should wait i think uh, we should go to uh berkeley or someone who claims to be from Berkeley, I'm wondering if that's true. Let's go to Berkeley, huh? You yeah. know, I, I grew up in the Bay Area, and yeah. so uh, you know, I don't, I don't think I ever actually went to Berkeley, but Berkeley well, had a had a, it had a reputation. It just did, and yep. you know, they called they called it Berserkly, and yep. uh, it was you know a liberal stronghold. Yeah, I visited uh, outside I visited of San Francisco. Uh, uh, yeah. the campus. I visited health food stores in Berkeley, and yeah, oh, there was always some so you actually went to UC Berkeley, huh? I didn't go there for school, but yeah, well, I not visited. for school, but you yeah. actually went to the campus. But I mean, right. like some of the people there were telling me, yep, there's the naked guy. He walks around, goes to class <laughs> naked. I'm like, what is that? Apparently yeah. that's a Berkeley thing. And of course, one of our most favoritest of all guests in the world is tenured at Berkeley. They don't like him there. We love him. Um, Dr. Uh, what's his name? You remember him from Berkeley? Come on. Peter Duisburg. Yes. Okay, I just, just want to make sure. I thought maybe you'd remember. Professor Peter Duesberg is there, and he's a great guy. But right. this guy, 
uh, Dan McDonough. We got to speak with him for a little bit before the show. He's a great guy too. Very cool, but he's been through a lot. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's not like it's unprecedented to be the only person with maybe conservative or libertarian ideas and yet be surrounded by uh, leftists in California. But the greatest disappointment I have in leftists of any kind is their intolerance of anybody that disagrees with them. And yet Dan says he was there forever doing his thing, going to school board meetings, whatever. And it, you know, it was fine. They tolerated him. He coached the kids and everything. And, but when it came to the COVID jabs, now all bets were off. Now to be canceled, to be shunned, became a real part of the liberal orthodoxy in their culture. If I set that up wrong, tell me, Dan, but welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Dan McDonough. Oh, thanks, Robert. Yeah, you guys get me all right audio there? I just want to double check in. Right yeah. on. Yeah, I'm here in Berkeley, um, and uh, I put on clothes. I am the naked guy. Uh, just uh, You're the guy. Oh, no. <laughs> so it hurt a little bit to have to put on a shirt and pants for the episode. But I, uh, you anyhow, don't look uh, like what they were describing, but okay. <laughs> well, what struck me about your intro and your, prior, your, uh, your advertisements just prior to my coming on is that the products you're advertising, the Orange Guard and the uh, uh, CBD uh, pain relief, and that's, man, that's right up Berkeley's alley, right? I mean, we're right, you're right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like 95% of the stuff that you talk about is right in or what used to be Berkeley's wheelhouse for. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's probably the most upsetting part of the whole the whole operation here is we were attracted here because attracted to live here. Uh, my wife's grandfather three generations ago was attracted to live here because of its open mindedness. And uh, that's why we have stayed. And a lot of the a lot of the things you talk about, you know, health, freedom, uh, freedom of speech, et cetera, that those are the values that, you know, Berkeley claims to represent and that's why i think they've tolerated me and my liberal viewpoint i'm not liberal yeah. but a classical liberal approach classical liberalism, liberalism which Today. is now more conservatism and or libertarianism and and yet as i said they tolerated you you said to me that and, and again there's a write-up and we have linked up in the show notes as well to you that you know you coached pretty much everybody's kids at some point or another or coached against them uh, you know you following little league and all those sports that you did and they knew you were the conservative guy. You'd appear at school board meetings talking about what you believed and what was important. And yet they didn't shun you totally. You could still do those things, but something shifted in the era of COVID craziness. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, I was the, I was the voice of big soda because I came out against the soda tax because I thought it was regressive and would be counterproductive to human health because it was going to be a regressive tax on people that needed to be able to afford groceries and the, the proceeds from the tax weren't necessarily going to be deployed to anything productive. So I was literally the, the name on the anti big, so, you know, the anti big soda campaign, um, and, and it caught a lot of grief from that. The, the kids that I was coaching, their parents would give me the business about, oh, you're for big soda. No, I'm not for big soda. I'm against, you know, big taxation for no no value. That's what I'm against. And 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 I was welcome here because that antithetical voice to, uh, you know, the soda tax, which was 99% supported by Berkeleyans, um, you know, was 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 somewhat humorous and so forth. And, you know, the minimum wage, I made a similar argument there about the destructive nature of the minimum wage for people that are trying to get up on to the employment ladder. And, you know, that was tolerated to it, you know, an intellectual, um, you know, Austrian viewpoint from um, an economics perspective, just to kind of a counterpoint to the all leftist ideology all the time. And, 
people would engage with me and I never, never got disinvited from parties or kicked out of a coaching opportunity or, or not invited to the block party or disinvited from Oakland A's games or, you know, you name it until this vaccine thing came along. And, and then all those things and you know, a million others, um, you know, came my way and uh, it's just been yeah. you know, kind of complicated to manage and complicated to manage my, my family through this process. Um, and uh, well, let, let's just be forthright here in, in saying that you elected when you viewed, you know, the, the jab or vaccine and uh, saying cost benefit analysis, whatever you said, you know what, this is not for me and my family. And that seems to be the last straw for the liberal intelligentsia who said they could put up with all your other nonsense, right? This, this ideology and economics is different from ours. You could still coach little league, but if you don't take the jab, we're going to ostracize you from society. We're not going to let you come into the YMCA. You can't go into certain hotels. You cannot coach our kids. And, and that's the point of which, what is the, I guess the, the overriding theme under arch what is the word here in terms of the most important thing to the liberal left of california and berkeley is it shot obedience is that the line do they go if you are not shot obedient we no longer can tolerate you and we will cancel you yeah that's that's how it's been for the last year and a half i mean we've you know mercifully found a new community of folks um New, new, new to the Christian faith, which I'm super stoked out about, and uh, found a home there in light of this last year and a half. And um, I've got a number of friends listening now. We've got a control group and team reality, and and uh, you know a whole host of of new people in, in our lives that uh, thankfully we were able to find each other. But but Berkeley as a whole, the school community, the the, the friends that we used to have, for the most part, have. Uh, and my my sister in law lives next door. We haven't spoken to them for a year about wow. because of the jab um and um yeah just intolerant uncapable of allowing us to make a decision for ourselves based on our under understanding of risk and benefits um and i don't know how or why berkeley was so susceptible to the propaganda mechanism that you know attacked them wholesale uh, but it did and it's some i mean i have friends that run our former friends that, you know, run divisions at Apple and Cal professors of, you know, things I don't even know what they do, <laughs> you know, and, and they've all succumbed to the propaganda arm of this, uh, you know, pharmaceutical complex. And, and they did yeah, a great I, job of convincing them that we, my family and others that made a similar decision. We're, we're the pariahs, we're the disease spreaders, despite the fact that they're uh, worshipful leaders. Rochelle Walensky at CDC says, yeah, we admit it. We made mistakes. Just send us more money. Give us more power. And and now it's okay to treat non-jab people the same way. And I'm, has the memo gotten into any of your liberal former friends in Berkeley? Yeah, I don't think the memo's made it here. You know, I, I've shared the memo, you know, and I, just like I shared the memo from last August when Rochelle Walensky said that the vaccine was ineffective at stopping transmission. The memo didn't get from here to here, you know? And the, yeah. So the, you and know, they were selective in what they allowed to come in, even if it was from the people they said, these are the people you're supposed to listen to. That's if right. that person yeah. said something, it's like, so what does it tell you about their intelligence level? If they have it, they're not using it. That's correct. Yeah. They're, they're not using, it. I think that there's this, there's a very strong social socialist element that exists in Berkeley. I mean, people are about the greater good, about the community, about, you know, protecting others. That's the whole, that message, which was driven by, I mean, the very top, you know, protect others, 
we were very susceptible audience to that message in Berkeley because of our kind of socialist predilections that exist here uh, that predated the, the vaccine rollout. Um, and so I think people were keen to have an opportunity to, you know, outwardly demonstrate their virtue, that virtue signal, you know, their willingness to protect others by taking this jab. Um, we, we were not willing to participate in that and that yielded tremendous negative consequences for, for our family. Have any of your friends uh, in on that liberal side of the viewpoint, again, I don't mean to play Hegelian dialectic reindeer games, but we got to acknowledge this political ideology seemingly impacting uh, views and behaviors right now. Have any of them been susceptible or vulnerable to the powers of, hey, your people, the people you like and said, I split, like you said, you sent out the memos that say, hey, you can't stop the spread. You're not even stopping the existence of it. So what are you doing here? Did anyone get one? So, oh. <laughs> Dan, wow, that, wow. Oh, I did not know that. Annie, just one. I, no, I don't think I have, I don't think I had one. You know, I still have kind of ongoing email dialogues with, you know, people that I used to consider very close friends and mm, we're still arguing about it. It's, it's, we're still arguing about a vaccine effectiveness on, you know, August 22nd, 2022. It is ridiculous. I mean, at this point, most of them even had it. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like you've had COVID, you've had three shots. How am I still a risk well, to your existence? So there is some people you can't reach, I guess. Uh, you can't fix stupid. Some have said that. I've heard that said before. And it's unfortunate. I mean, it's denigrating to say that to those that we disagree with, you know, their belief systems about this. But then again, you're overwhelmed by what you call scientific uh, discovery. And then right. they go, well, that's not the science I ascribe to. You're listening to junk scientists and like well no, no these are the same people you were worshiping a moment ago and they won't read it they won't hear it they won't see it and th these people are a great danger to themselves and others they've actually participated in something that's causing something new sudden adult death syndrome which <laughs> right. is a made-up name to avoid causal connection between the covid jabs or boosters and death for instance uh, and you know these people are dropping like flies athletes are dropping dead you also coached athletics and i think you participate in athletic endeavor as well mm -hmm. and you've seen some mysterious deaths that don't make any sense didn't used to happen and they're happening and we see it in the headlines much less you might know some people personally that have dropped dead or become very sick yeah i mean i think uh, last spring um I was coaching the Berkeley High mountain bike team, one of one of a number of dads that were participating as as coaches. It's an enormous mountain bike team, hundred kids. My oldest son was in his second year of participation there. And um, during the spring, um, well, I will say we lost we lost um, my wife's best friend, the maid of honor at our wedding. Uh, she died on April sixth, just a handful of days after her first COVID shot. Died in her I, sleep. Super healthy, forty seven year old woman. Forty seven years old. Mm -hmm. Died in her sleep. Does her husband know that it might be a, a link to the, the shot? Uh, well, she was uh, divorced, um, oh. and uh, you know the hus husband had some challenges with the with the, with the, with alcohol, and he he actually succumbed to death in July of oh. last year, also. So uh, April, April, the maid of honor at a wedding died, and in July, the ex husband of uh, her died. Um, and then you know that April sixth, on April eighteenth, we're on a team ride, and I learned of another mountain bike coach who died. Um, you know, on a ride, on a team ride, 48 year old fella, um, March 30th of that year, I lost a friend of mine from junior high school. Her husband passed. He was 39, died in his sleep. 
39. 39. And then uh, on April 22nd, so this, there was this flurry of deaths around me in the spring. The 37-year-old the, the high school volleyball coach, girls volleyball coach here in Berkeley died. Um, you know, they reported it as complications with high blood pressure, and maybe he had high blood pressure. But that was, that was four people in the prime of their lives that died within a month in my circles. And that, you know, I was, I'm, I'm a, I'm a vegan libertarian. I don't do anything, uh, put anything in my body without giving it a ton of thought. So I wasn't going to take the jab anyway, but then, um, with that flurry of deaths around me, I was kind of pounding the table and I was pounding the table and people didn't realize this, but I was pounding the table out of love, out of love for my community to try to warn them about the risk of this shot. And it was mm -hmm. interpreted as, uh, you know, Dan's crazy conspiracy, conspiracy theorists, you know, deaths happen. Most of these people were only exposed to one or maybe two of these deaths. And I had happened to see these four all happen at one time, all related to the, in my mind, the vaccine. And, you know, it became, uh, I put a label on my back early because of my eagerness to warn our community about the risks. And therefore I never really escaped I was never able to hide after that where I, some of my friends that uh, also made the same decision, you know, were able to hide for the last year and a half by just not talking about it. I put a label on my back immediately. And then yeah. But how weird is this in, in the land of the free that we have to be afraid of speaking out about our beliefs for, for fear of being ostracized in this way. And I, 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 you think about the historical context of ostracizing people or denigrating people or demonizing people dehumanizing them by calling them disease spreaders and there is a very eerie parallel to the rise of what became nazi germany in the third reich and the holocaust mira sharav a holocaust survivor is around the world lecturing on it spoke at the nuremberg uh, code you know 75th year anniversary of that and most countries of, of the planet that signed on to it have discarded it as any any guideline of, of any kind uh in the era of covid jabs or or you lose your freedom right I mean, that's crazy, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, we're here in the birthplace of the free speech movement. You know, uh, alternative healthcare is as much California as the beach. <laughs> um, we are, I, I mean, it is absolutely mind boggling to me that we're even having this conversation that, that I'm the one that is, you know, on the other side of the argument. It's, 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 I can't even believe that big pharma is now the hero of the average Berkeleyan. On the left, that was the, the, the enemy, and rightly so. They, they saw that, hey, there's a problem with big pharma doing what it does. Now, may, they may have said it's all about profit, but profit, ill-gotten gains through deception and fraud and the capturing of our regulatory agencies, they've abandoned that concept, and suddenly now anybody who's in big pharma who says we need to get the jab, they worship, and anybody who questions it, and they used to complain that conservative Republicans were in the uh, pocket of, of big pharma or vice versa. It's just completely flipped. The script is just not what I remember it being when I was younger. It's completely flipped. And I have this conversation with uh, my friends all the time now. You know, we, you know, I, I lived in Portland, Oregon at one point. I have friends in Ashland. Ashland was, was like the mecca for people that had an alternative viewpoint on vaccine role and, you know, human health. Yeah. Um, Portland, Berkeley, Ashland. I mean, <laughs> Marin County. This is where people were going in order to have sort of a medical freedom lifestyle. And, but now and it's now, the place to go if you're a conservative libertarian. You want to get shunned. That's right. Go there. That's right. Yeah. The, and the person that introduced me to you, Jennifer Margulis, is living in the antebellum South, South Carolina. I mean, can you imagine a scenario like 
that that's where you go to find, you know, yeah. medical freedom in light of the sort of the evolution of, of that over a 20 year period. By the way, shout out to Jennifer Margulis. We love you, Jennifer. You're amazing. We sure do. Yeah. yeah. Anytime Absolutely you want to come on the show, got stuff to say, we have fun together. She's like my sister that I didn't know growing up and uh, she's amazing. So awesome. thank you, Jennifer, for hooking us up. But yeah, you're right. People that, you know, may have a, a liberal leanings towards certain things now have to go to places where they would formerly go, oh, the, the people aren't even aware of anything there. And they're going there because at least there's re there's respect for their freedom. That's right. It, it's the people that they used to say, these are the people that want to uh, wipe us out. They're knuckle draggers. And it's like they're finding out that when push comes to shove, those people respect freedom more than their liberal brethren who abandon it at the first sign of a, a proclaimed microbe, real or imagined, uh, natural or upregulated through gain of function studies. And suddenly now, poof, if you don't obey the government's edicts that are coming down from the pharmaceutical industrial complex, you are somehow you are the most dangerous people on earth. I just shake my head and go, I, yeah, I'm hearing myself say it. It's like, it's just weird. It's crazy. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's where we're at here in Berkeley. And, you know, we're, uh, I think one of the most complicated aspects of this is the implications that it's having for, for kids, my kids and others. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully we're working our way through it, but uh, it's still not at the end yet. So uh, how was this affect like California law, much less local Berkeley ordinances? You have a, a job as a, a general contractor, I think, in construction. Did they try to mandate that you would participate in the vaccine mandate for people that work with you as a contractor? Or how are you able to continue? Um, you know, that's a that's a great question. I mean, I've been a little... I'm really good at what I do. So, and, and there is a, uh, a dearth of construction people around the country and that that's as true in California as anywhere else. Um, and we've been riding this boom of tech money in the Bay area. And so there's, there's really just an oversupply of project opportunities and an undersupply of builders that can execute on them. So we've haven't really, it hasn't really affected my job. Uh, my, I, I employed 10 carpenters. Uh, we've, have any time three to four projects going and um i didn't it's not my style i don't i don't ask them to take a drug test and nor would i ever uh, talk to them about a vaccine or their or their health and they the show up for work and get the job done right that's the reasonable uh, requirements i, I mean think. it's the last great meritocracy opportunity yeah. in employment is the construction role hey you know if you can perform you have a you always have a job in construction and i don't care what what you put in your body as long as you you know you arrive clear work and you do the job exactly yeah. so um you know i think there was a time early and i you probably recall this where they were trying to mandate the, the jab uh, through companies but then osha uh, was going to hold employers accountable for any injuries to that was the very beginning of this is when it was when it was rolled out oh everyone you've got to mandate the jab but if if you're employee gets sick from the jab you are it's a health related or a, excuse me a workplace related injury and your mm. workers come on the hook yeah, yeah. <laughs> which i couldn't figure that one out so i mean i i wasn't ever gonna even if they had mandated that i that i mandated i was never gonna do it it would seem silly and, and uh we work outside and uh, at this point all of my employees have had covid i will say the jabbed ones have had it worse and more frequently than the non-chap ones i think right i think i think most of having got about 50 50 and i think half half the guys that have had the jab have had it twice yeah uh, we took one of the one of the fellas um rolando we took him to the emergency room uh after his booster shot we thought he was having a stroke his entire side of his face lost muscle tone mm -hmm. 
and I was, you know, predisposed to vaccine injury risk. We rushed him to the hospital and it turned, it was just Bell's palsy and it recovered. And, you know, he recovered perfectly in a couple of weeks, but I mean, it was. Well, that's one of the most, uh, let's say milder of adverse events uh, that follow up on the COVID jabs as well as other vaccines. But uh, you said you were in Orlando at the time. Oh, sorry. No, Rolando. My employee, Rolando. Rolando. <laughs> Is his name? His, uh, oh, sorry. I, I was like, boy, you got a big construction confirm. You're working yeah. all across the coast. That's right. I did make it to Orlando to the Tom Woods show back uh, his 2000 oh. episode. So I was there. I met a bunch of great friends and great new people there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you would have met my my good buddy Michael Bolden from the Tenth Amendment Center there. I did uh, meet Michael. Yeah, actually, I, was, I met him at the private reception in advance. And yeah, what a great guy, doing great work, and you know, fellow Californian trying to muscle through this madness. So he is. <laughs> he is indeed. Well, we were at the 1000th episode of of Tom Woods when we were in Orlando. I brought my son. We had a great time. So Excellent. I'm glad to know we're all connected now. And that's the good thing that comes out of some of the bad stuff is that we find our real family members, our real tribe members, so to speak, those that really respect and appreciate these principles that many of our friends before proclaimed that they believed in. And you found out they really didn't when it came to uh, the fear mongering of COVID. hundred percent. Right. I mean, I, I would, uh, as, as bad as this has been, I mean, and it's, it has been ugly, <laughs> ugly and um i wouldn't change it i wouldn't change a single thing you know i have uh i have an army of great new friends uh i'll share one experience last fall in the at the height of the the height of the madness um a bunch of us had found each other uh people from the wisdom warriors which is a group here in town doing great work and 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 my little new cohort of friends we all met at a little a conference room at a at a at an office building and it was the most Berkeley place you've ever been. I mean, black people, white people, Latinos, Asians, you know, guys like me, people that were, you know, going to go to a Bible study afterwards and people that were going to go and literally like hold on to crystals, you know, and, and, and everything in between, like the most yeah. Berkeley the place that ever existed. And, uh, and we were all there supporting each other and loving each other. And at the end, we had a big, you know, big group hug and a multi-faith prayer. And, and I think everybody at that moment knew that, Hey, you know, we're going to all get through this, you know, we're going to live through this and we all now have each other to support each other. You're not, you're not alone. They they divided us. They tried to keep us at home and divided because they didn't want to know. They won't want us to know that there were other people that saw through it too, that were not afraid and were not willing to go down without a fight, willing to stand up on principle, even in the scariest of circumstances. And, uh, I appreciate what you're doing there, Dan. So at this point, you're you're hunkering down, even all with the ostracization that you're going through. Yeah, we've got uh, three teen boys. So my oldest is um, a senior in high school. Um, he's in. They're all in Berkeley Public Schools. You know, right or wrong. <laughs> uh, how much deprogramming do you have to do every day when they get home? Uh, we do a fair bit of deprogramming. I'm not going to lie. Oh. You know, it's. Uh, yeah. it, <laughs> It makes for a fun table conversation, you know, around the dinner table. It's, um, I, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, people, why don't you send your kids to private school? Well, that's a great question. I mean, I think our, the way our culture is going, um, you could make an argument either way. I think my wife and I, products of the public school system, navigating the culture with an alternative viewpoint um, and getting through that. It's probably the best possible thing for them as, as we've just. Well, one, well, it's one thing to go through it when I went through it and it was bad just because they didn't teach real history already, but to where it has gone, woke ideology, critical race theory, other things, it's whole next level, you know, let's go communism scenarios. It, it uh, and 
I, I guess I question the next level. Have you had serious discussions with your kids about college? Because I mentioned this with Jonathan Emore. I was like, I don't want my kids to go there. There's very few, maybe on one hand, you can measure that they could come out without Marxism being taught in some way at college university level. Right. Yeah. We, we talk about that all the time. You know, we're getting there with my oldest. Uh, he's probably community college bound. I mean, I'm a tradesperson. you know, I'm a, I'm a great carpenter that just kind of evolved into a, a business owner. You know, my goal when I've said it for years is that, you know, I hope they become really great plumbers or great electricians and yeah, can, exactly. can do something useful and, uh, and can, and can execute as a business owner. And I think that's their best chance of success in the, the way our economy works today. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I mean they're uh, they're a product of Berkeley High School, where there's a, a you know a kind of college or bust um, mentality, mentality uh, yeah. and we're we're kind of coaching them through that, and hopefully um, you know they all make good decisions. Um, we're you know I heard you guys talk about Ron Paul earlier. I got my yeah. my signed copy of End the Fed right, right here, and so they're nice. exposed to this sort of alternative viewpoint. Um, you Very know, I, you guys have as the Tuttle Twins books. I've had Tuttle Twins books in my, uh, in our library since they were little. And uh, we're kind of, um, you know, I think the blended education where they get exposed to the things we all know are bad and so antithetical to, you know, human uh, thriving. Um, I, yeah. I <laughs> um, guess my but, concern exposure is not the thing I'm worried about, but immersion where you can't get them back. That's yeah. my fear as a parent, right? If they if they're so em, em, embr- embracing this, and you're like, wait a sec, we got this family, we got these ideals, and we're not afraid to be exposed to different ideas. But right. the programming, the immersion, the 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 ostr- ostracizing kids, peer pressure, you and you suddenly find, oh, if I actually acknowledge what I believe, then I will be shunned. And you know, kids, it's rough enough to be a kid in in, in a school setting. At right. this point, to say if you're not Marxist, you're out. <laughs> Ooh, that's a hard one to overcome. Yeah, that, that, that I don't disagree. I think, um, you know, I guess as I've seen this happen to other families, you know, where folks that might align with our viewpoints have kind of lost their kids to some of this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah. I can trace it back to weak, weak fathers. I mean, as sad yeah. as that sounds, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of parenting involved in it. And I think um, us being active parents, my wife and I, and keeping a tally on what, what trajectory they're headed in and just demonstrating good, solid, uh, traditional values that uh, they're, they're going to come out ahead as a result. Um, uh, my, my oldest son, he actually struggles with a little bit of autism and, and, uh, kind of mild, subtle and some learning disabilities. And actually last year he started, he started his English class by talking about the vaccine and his unjabbed status and sort of put a big oh. target on his back. Wow. Uh, I was super proud of him. Um, I don't know that he w- really was aware of what the implications of that might be, but that was his first essay on sort of day two of junior year Berkeley high and that, that had repercussions of its own. Um, yeah. My, get- my, 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 my middle son, uh, he, you know, he's, uh, he's my size, you know, six to 150 pounds. He's well on his way to a black belt. And, uh, he was actually assaulted last year in his uh, robotics class. Uh, and it was about the vaccine, a kid that's been, a kid that was harassing him all year, uh, just decided to up and pop him in the back of the head a couple times on the way out of class. He had a concussion. Well, your son already knew karate, but if you don't expect or see it coming, you could still get injured. He got popped. Yeah, he had a concussion. He lost 10 days of school. Um, shared that with the Berkeley principal and, uh, you know, the kid lied about the situation and, you know, he was an adult student, actually 18. My son was 15 Holy at the time. Crap. I might've been 14. 
Yeah, don't they have uh, like witnesses, or were they afraid to come out and say, "Yeah, the kid just did this because he was pro-vaccine versus an anti-vaccine"? Yeah, it's sort of. You know, my my son's a proud kid, and he didn't really want to make a federal case out of it. So I, you know, he we didn't involve the police. We involved the school. They they have something called restorative justice here. I don't know if that's typical around the country, but uh, where they sit so down. They, so basically, they put your son in a re- internment camp and re-educate. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. Your son, right? And my yeah. son and the and the other fella, and they kind of work it out. It's sort of like an arb like an arbitration between the the aggrieved party. I don't know. You cold cock a guy from the back of the head. I don't know that you deserve that kind of treatment, but that's just me. I hundred uh, percent yeah. agree. I think I think the next time, uh, you know, the next time something like that happens, my son won't won't regret not putting the guy on his back. So he's uh, you know he's kind of learned the. Learned the hard way. He restrained himself, which I was proud of, but I would have liked to have seen the kid in the, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Dan McDonough, I appreciate connecting with you here. I feel for you, what you're going through, your journey as a parent, much less as a human being on this planet in an area where uh, there are not a lot of like-minded people, but you found some of them. So yeah, uh, that's right. uh, eventually they'll all look at you if they're still alive and go, oh, you guys were right. Yeah, right. I think you're right. I mean, it's terrific. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to speak with you and let you know what's going on here and, you know, from behind enemy lines, as you might say. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, we're fighting a good fight here. I have a lot of a lot of great friends. And, and I think in the end, um, hopefully the community, ours, yours and others can heal and we can move, move on past this. Yeah. Well, Dan, stay in touch. Please share this interview with your friends. Maybe they'll hear something they hadn't heard before. You bet, uh, and, and they could share that as well. And again, I look forward to seeing you at one of these events around the country that well, the people that are not afraid come together and celebrate life because there's a lot to be, uh, uh, you know, grateful for despite all of this. And we try to find that as well. Indeed. All right. Well, keep it up. God bless you, Robert. You as well. Dan McDunn, the last remaining conservative, perhaps maybe he's found a few others in Berkeley and uh, just certainly enjoyed that. Super Don, great, great connection. I forgot that Jennifer Margulis hooked us up uh, with Dan. That was terrific. Real human Absolutely. experience going on here. So, well, can I talk about my hike now or, or, or is that something else we got to put on hold till later? What do we got? What's, what do we got critically? Here? Um, I guess so. Yes. All right. And, and were there any Berkeley memories coming back for you? You said you hadn't really gone. Dude, I don't have, that's just, that's just, it. you know, I, I, I grew up, I grew up in a town called Fremont and mm-hmm. Fremont is, uh, it's like in between San Jose and, and, and Hayward. Is that where you were? It was on the other side. Of, it's yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a, a ways away from Berkeley, but, mm-hmm. I, I never actually went there, but you know, I mean, everybody knew about Berkeley, heard about Berkeley all the time. Sure. So, but can you imagine you know, living down the Bay there Area in general? Is yeah. is a um, it's more of a liberal area, but it's not like it. You know, it, it's a it's a mix. You know, but you it, know? it'd be one thing if there was tolerance for different views, as she said, dude. You know what? When I was growing up, and this is this is kind of a generational thing too. I think yeah. that. Uh, you know, we just didn't, everybody just got along. You know, the Bay yeah. Area is like a giant melting pot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got people from all nationalities and, 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 and stuff, you know, it's just like, you're just, that's just how it was. And that's how I yeah. grew up, you know? Yeah. It, 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 and so I just don't remember growing up that there was like this, there was any intolerance really, you know, everybody just kind of yeah. had friends and then you just did stuff and you didn't care, you know, about what, you know, nationality or what color people were and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, I, I'll tell you what though it was fun though when I, when I had Dan's information when I was putting the show together I saw the five one zero I saw the five one zero area code and I was like hey five one zero you know like I I needed to make some kind of symbol for five one zero or something yeah but, 
<laughs> All right. Well, there we go. We got a, uh, I think, great discussion points and, and real life experiences of people happening to help perhaps shine a light on the intolerance that they used to claim. Oh, That's only conservatives. Okay. <clears throat> it turns out the libs became more intolerant than anything we could imagine. Yeah. Before you do the hike thing, let me do yeah. something. If, if you don't mind, I'm gonna, you, indulge me for just one yeah. moment. You're going to go on a talk, hike? Talk for just a minute. I'll be right back. I, that's my line. I say that once in a while. I tell Superdon, talk for a minute. I got I to gotta run for a second. But uh, I will, uh, let's see, what was I going to say? I don't know. I got nothing. He threw the curve at me this time. I'm going to see what's in the chat room for those of you who are joining us. I hope you enjoyed Dan as much as I did. Great discussion with Jonathan Emord. I will do a reminder real quick then about the orange guard. And, and funny enough, as we're talking about left, right, it, it's not because we're hating on the left here. That's not my point. My disappointment is that the lack of intellectual integrity and the intolerance, the willingness to do horrible things to, to human beings who have a different viewpoint or belief in bodily autonomy in a different way. And I look at orangeguard.com. I had Tor McPartland on the show. He's a kind of a hippie leftist, and he's a wonderful man. I've, I've only had great experiences with Tor. We have a great time getting together. We have more in common than we have not. And I think that when we get together. Oh, wait a second. What the, What am I seeing on screen here? I Holy tamole. Take advantage of the opportunity here. This is and, awesome. And by the way, with Orange Guard, you're not going to harm that little baby either. Isn't that beautiful? Who are we looking at here, Grandpa? This is Autumn. Autumn. How old now, Autumn? How old is Autumn now? Almost two months. Almost two months. Oh, adorable, adorable, adorable. Autumn, the next generation. Oh, I can hear it. Oh, so cute. Are you saying stuff now? You're in a good mood, aren't you? Yeah. Happy that Grandpa's holding me. That's what she says. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, you've, you've made it impossible to do anything on this show at this point. We've all melted at this point. That's just not fair. She's smiling and stuff, yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I just, I just wanted to do that for a moment because I could. Leslie says this, Super Don. Listen to this. Leslie says, stop making my uterus quiver. <laughs> you know, when you see a baby that adorable, ladies that, you know, mom, super moms like uh, Leslie that has six girls already. It's going, oh, my gosh, oh, I, I want another. Like, you, you, you moms are amazing. Crazy, but amazing. So, yeah, that was adorable. Yes. Extra bonus points to Grandma who uh, who said, hey, do you want to put her on the show? Was like, that yeah, was great. Tell know. Grandma thank you. That was, uh, yeah. that was just a heart-melting moment. All right. <clears throat> now we can talk about you. All right. So let's talk about the hike briefly. You know, yesterday was a big day. I thought I was going to do it a year ago. And, you know, the, the senior class of my, my daughter's high school, they, they used to be, I think, juniors and seniors every, every year or every two years is what happened. But last year they canceled it for whatever. And so this year it was just seniors. And so I thought I was going to do it last year. Now, I had the, the ability to, to know what I was getting into. You know, our buddy Paul, his son, went to the same school two or three years older than my daughter and so went on the hike and woke up. I think all like the day before, Dad, you want to go on a hike with us? We're going to senior class. And Paul says, like the good dad, sure, son, I'll go. And they wake up in the middle of the night to get up and grab the bus to go up to the, the mountain. And he's like, lo and behold, finds out he's doing an, like, a, like a 10-hour journey. So he didn't know what was happening. He wasn't prepared for anything. So I was. I realized it was not going to be easy. So we get up. Four, I didn't sleep much at all. Neither my daughter. It's hard to know you got to get up in the middle of the night for this. Uh, we get up. It's bleary-eyed. The sun's not up. We get there. We have our headlamps on. We're starting this hike, and 
you know, I got water on our backpacks and I had some organic bars just in case. And we had our uh, cardio miracle before we left, my, my daughter and I. And I went up the entire eight miles of the first time. I didn't realize it was even going to be eight miles. I thought it'd be less, but not that. If it was seven and not eight, it would have made a big deal of difference. But I made it through that eight mile all the way to the top where we went, what's called the saddle. And I didn't eat a thing. And I was okay. This tells me a lot, not only about cardio miracle, but about the fundamentals of the body that I have worked for, having not been able to go an hour without eating in my hypoglycemic early years, Super Don. Right. And, and uh, you know, one of the things is if you can't go into what they call ketosis and take that stored energy and convert it from fat, then you're going to be desperately hungry and famished. You'll be like, I can't go another step. And I was like, I got I have no problem. I just, you know, keep drinking water, whatever. And then I had some awesome. party a miracle later. But it was, it was, again, a next level <clears throat> test for my body to do that. Now, when we got up to the top and you can, do you have some pictures? Or, uh, that yeah, movie, these know? are the pictures you sent me on Skype here. Let me blow go it on the full screen. That, and here. by the way, my daughter took the good ones. Look at that. View. Dude, this is so awesome. That's spectacular. I, I don't know if we're this. at eight or 9,000 feet at this point, but I was just, just some of the most beautiful scenery you can ever imagine going up there. There I am. This is on the way down. As you can see, I had walking sticks. I, I was so grateful that I had gotten these, or my wife did, because the, the pressure on the knee going down, I always know that throughout my history, that was a weak point for me. It puts a lot of strain on the tendons going down, and that's been a weakness in my history. And so having those walking sticks takes that burden and so you can go downhill easier without putting that super strain on it so that was a that was something i had foresight to do that my buddy paul did not his knee was hurting i feel in this picture you should be singing something like the hills are <laughs> i'm just looking out at like oh man what beauty <laughs> i didn't even know my daughter took that picture that's kind of cool did you feel compelled to spin around so your dress was like whirling in the wind or nope? I, no i truly did not but wow. thank you for thinking that i might <laughs> what a great shot that is this is amazing yeah this is why you want to watch the robert <laughs> Bell show Check out this. I mean, we're on the precipice edge of cliffs here. And it was some precarious walking and hiking. And and this is the thing. Going up, I didn't have as much of a problem, honestly. And we hit the top. Do you have that video available? It's like a, a I do. Seconds. Now, in order for me to play this with the audio. Yeah. What happens? Um, what do you have to do? I'm going to turn on. I got to put a setting here. Now, there might be a little echo. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. It, it will go away. But here's the video here. This view made everything worth it. Wow. Dad, are you going to turn around and look at this or not? Uh, no, it's a little scary. <laughs> wow. Imagine sledding down here. <laughs> no, it's a little scary, you said. Yeah, so, yeah, so no, go ahead and go cut, ahead and cut that audio. Yeah, let me do that here. Hold on. Yeah. All right, go ahead. So I, I didn't see the video move on that. It was a still image for whatever reason, but she scrolled around and saw the other side. Oh, okay. How high we are. But yeah, I said, um, it's a little scary here. And, and what I want to share with you is just uh, what I clearly did not expect to have happen in my younger years of daredevil adventuring. Now, granted, I do some mountain biking and I'm not doing the big jumps because I, I tend to say I'm not skilled enough to do something. I don't want to do it just to say I did it. I want to be you know, prepared and understand it because you know, you're in this body a long time. You appreciate when it feels really good. You don't want to injure it on purpose, damage it in a sense. And so as we're up there, I'm like, Looking down, I'm like, suddenly, I'm like, I'm not a little weak-kneed, but I'm feeling like I just looked down at the path I used to get up there, and it's on the edge of the abyss, and the the trail is is dirt and loose rock, 
And I see some of these kids coming down from the higher part of the mountain and even a couple of the uh, people at the school that are like educators and the principal of the school, and they're super fit, and they're jogging down this thing. I'm watching them. I'm going, holy <laughs> crap, one wrong, whatever. And I go to walk down, and suddenly I'm filled with terror. I've not experienced this. I'm like, wow. I am genuinely scared at that moment. I'm like, this is weird. I don't recall doing, having this feeling. And so I'm, I haven't fully digested that. But, you know, there's one of the uh, – another uh, daughter of – well, I say a daughter to, to the parents that went with one of the daughters, my, my, my daughter's age, and, and they helped. Oh, funny enough, their daughter was born on July 4th, 2005 as well, just an no hour way. after my, my daughter. Yeah, I thought that was kind of wild too. Wow. But yeah, here's the picture. Blow up that picture. I want you to see this. This is, this is what was stunning, staggering. If you can see, it's hard to tell, but that path is literally along the edge to go up to that ridge that you see. And that's called the saddle. What path? What are you talking about? I'm telling you, it's barely a path. <laughs> that's the path right there? No, no, no. Up on the rock part. You go right in front of you. Where right right up here? Yeah, well, that's where we went to. But you're going along the ridge on the right. From that point, you're pointing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a path? I know. And that's what that's I'm talking about. That's not a path. About. On the way up, I wasn't intimidated. But on the way down, I was like, there were a couple of places where I was I was terrified. Yeah, okay. And I, I, I can so, see that. Yeah. And you know what I've said about fear <laughs> i've talked about when you're afraid you're on the wrong path i'm like oh this is this may be a message for me your days of hiking up precarious uh, mountainsides are over and i'm like okay i can live with that especially after the long trip down and my soreness <laughs> and everything but thank god nobody got seriously injured it was amazing i fell and you know maybe bruised a knuckle a little sunburn there's my daughter and i at that at that top ridge top there and or at one of the shots we stopped at and had some other hikers take a picture and now there's some so other cool. pictures that you sent, and yeah. I noticed it was. I think you sent them in the uh, group chat with Kevin Tuttle. Did you mm -hmm. mean to send those to me? Uh, probably. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't All right. So let's take a look at those then, real quick here. There's so four the, more uh, here. This is on the top where I'm pretending to be not afraid at the moment. <laughs> you can't see my knees shaking. Did you Did you bring an extra pair of shorts? I'm just curious. Thankfully, no, I didn't have to. But you didn't yeah, need I was to close. Okay. Close. All right. Yeah. Okay. And there's my daughter and me, and she's just so happy-go-lucky. She was amazing. And 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 I mentioned maybe oh look at the goats, the mountain goats. They were they were snow white mountain goats. They would disappear in the winter, uh, but they were up there too. And there was earlier when the sun was just coming up. You could see it up above us. We were still in the shade from the early morning hike. And you actually have to start with wearing a little bit of more clothing because it was chilly up there at that elevation. And then it warmed up beautifully. It was a beautiful day. Uh, but my daughter, as we were going up, we. The group lost us, right? A lot of the group, they were faster. I'm like, I'm wanting to go because I like the fitness. I'm like, let's go, let's go. And it was, it, was a, it was a lesson for me. I had to remember, this is not about me. This is not about me. This is not about me. I'm a chaperone on the trip. I'm going up with my daughter. And she wants to stop every time she sees something beautiful and take a picture of it. Or maybe re remember it for future when she does her drawings and paintings and things that she does. She's so sees the world through an artist's eye and i'm like no let's just get there and so it was a big part of it and on the way down i talked to her i said because she would say sorry dad sorry dad sorry sorry i'm so slow sorry i'm like that annoyed me worse than the fact that she was slow go up <laughs> and, and on the way down uh it was a really profound i thought awakening for me and perhaps for her i said you know what you kept saying sorry when i was egging you on to go faster with me and I said, here's what I want you to do. Now, 
don't quote me on this, and I'm going to say it, hide the kids' ears. I, and I said, if anybody does that to you in the future, I want you to say, shut up, bitch. This is who I am, and this is the pace I'm going. And, and, and she like, was like, Dad, what do you mean? You want me to – you called me – no, I'm saying this is what I want. It's the attitude I'm saying, that when somebody is trying to make you something that you are not or take you out of that joyful place and space of who you are and your reason for being, you shut them down is the point. And that was the point. We laughed about it. But, I mean, it was basically a point, especially for young women growing up, girls, to state your claim of what is your life about? What are you about? Don't apologize because you're not like everybody else, the ones that were just charging up the hill. That you stopped in every moment and saw the beauty of every moment is, like, more, so profound. And I said, defend that no matter what. And if they don't respect and appreciate that, then, you know, you don't need them. And I think that's an important lesson. And so not only is it wasn't about me wanting to go fast, but it was about appreciating her and having herself appreciate herself and say, you know what? This is what I like to do. This is who I am. And I'm not in a hurry. I'm stopping to smell the roses. I'm stopping to take the pictures of them. And so that was a, a profound moment. Hopefully I didn't offend anybody by the way I said it. Uh, but it was one of those things I wanted to be indelibly marked so that she never apologizes for who she is ever again. So there you go. A daddy daughter moment that i thought was pretty cool on that trip maybe worth the whole trip just there. dude that was super cool yeah. and, and super cool that you that i can't imagine i mean i would not have i i, I would not have made it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know some that, people couldn't but most of them a, did that's I was a big right. deal but it was worth that one shot even though the video didn't move i don't know why but it didn't that view is just like yeah I don't know That's, if it could be wow. posted somewhere, but yeah, it was spectacular. And honestly, like I said, I looked up at these, the places where I could go, and I know there are a lot of amazing hikes. Some of them are scarier than that. I'm like, you know what? I'm okay not doing those things. <laughs> I'm glad that I did what I did, but I, I didn't like the feeling of being that afraid. And you said to me that you have a fear of heights. I've never had a fear of heights, but you I know, certainly had a fear of falling off of a cliff. It's gotten worse as I've gotten, it's gotten worse as I've gotten older, uh, mm -hmm. but it's... Uh, I, I can look at these videos, you know, because you see them all the time. And yeah. we'll, we have to go to break here in just a second. But you see them all the time on video of these, like, daredevil people that will, like, mm -hmm. stand on, like, stupid, you know. Yeah. And you see that. And it, it, it I, my, my stomach will, like, fall, you know, yeah. just looking yeah. at that or looking at pictures or watching on TV, yeah. you know, or something like that. I get the willies just, you know. But from, the thing, how about like coasters? Because I remember I took my kids to the, the Coasters I have no problem with. Yeah. And, and I was like, I've been yeah. scared by coasters before, but I was like, no problem. We did it. So this was something unique to, to my experience yeah. at that point. Yeah. So uh, I'm done. I mean, I, I will still do heights. <laughs> but that was like. All right, that, that was, was really it, huh? All right. So, yeah. Anyway, that's it. Let's uh, take a break. Back 60 seconds from now. Those of you on UK Health Radio, love you, appreciate you. We got to go. But come on over to robertscatmail.com slash listen to watch live anytime or later. And sign up for the newsletter. Text RSB to 22828. RSB to 22828. And we'll be back in just a moment. Thanks to Jonathan Emore. Thanks to uh, Dan McDonough. And thanks to all y'all. The power to heal is yours. My favorite comment uh, from the chat room, Super Don, uh, comes from Gretel. It's it, she says she asks this: Does Autumn realize that her grandpa is a legend? <laughs> That's the comment of the day, right there. That's awesome. Well, wow. That's yeah. all I got to say.
That was cool. So cool. <laughs> yeah, that was adorable. That was a heart melting moment when you did that. And uh, yeah, like I said, I got I just I got a, a message from my wife in the other room because we're we're watching her for uh, for an hour mm-hmm. or two while my daughter goes out to lunch with a friend. Yeah. And By the so, way, I stood up the whole two hours of the show. Now you're I was, awesome. Now I sat down, and it was like the movement to sit down was more painful. painful. Huh? <laughs> I was like, oh, ow. No, but standing in one position for the most part, it was okay. But no, I'm recovering fast. Of course, I did Arnica as well. Uh, we had the uh, transdermal CBD from Nutritional Frontiers, so that was helpful too. And uh, Cardio Miracle. And uh, really was an amazing thing. I didn't eat a lot. But also, I will say this about the IGF-1+. Plus. You know, even after coming down that day, I did finally eat dinner that night. I, I weighed myself, and the baseline where it would have used to gone down to would have been in the 130s before I did the IGF-1. I really did put on significant muscle using this product from Neutronics that you know Christopher Key talks about. Because even when I am, I mean, I burned some calories and I didn't eat much. I didn't eat at all going up, and I just had a couple of food bars, organic food bars, on the way down. And yet I maintained that solidness that I didn't used to have in terms of where I wanted to be. So again, these things that I talk about, that we talk about here, I use and put to the test. And I'm telling you, they work. Um, someone was asking about the, uh, what was it? The, uh, what's that spray? I thought I had it right with me. I apologize. Oh, here it is. The Pure yeah, Body yeah, Extra. Yeah. Right. Because uh, it's not up on the, we're still li- loving this and there's still a link to get 50 bucks off and super done. I don't know. We haven't talked about it much, but I haven't had a chance to do that yet. I'm working on in the process of doing that. Right. So the advanced daily cellular detox, the zeolite, colloidal zeolite, which is still great. So yep. I'd love to hear how your stories are on that. And we had a question of the day. Should we do it about the copper hydrosol right now? Or is it okay to do it in bonus round? Um, no, we'll do it tomorrow because some people don't okay. get the bonus round. Um, really? Like if they're listening to the podcast and stuff. Oh, yeah. I thought the podcast was inclu- including or not the podcast, but on the um, I know UK Health Radio. UK Health Radio. Yeah. You want to well, do that tomorrow then? You want to do it? You want? No, no. I, I'm asking yeah, I know, sincerely. No, you, no, you I, I'm asking it. sincerely. Right. As long as you remember to put it in tomorrow, that's fine. Oh. All right. Make up your mind. You're gonna say, "Shut up, bitch!" I know. Right, I know that's what you're thinking. <laughs> that's right. Robert yeah. said I could say that, right? Right. Now I don't that's want right. your kids saying that Robert told you I could say I, it was the it was the you get the lesson. I hope you can. Say, moms say and dads, biatch, biatch. Teach them go. what I meant by that. Yeah. What was the principle? All right. So this is from Linda, ARSB <laughs> and Super D. We are on our third 16 ounce bottle of bioactive <laughs> copper hydrosol. Uh, but I have never noticed this on the label. Avoid strong sources of electromagnetic energy. Any idea or could you find out what is considered a strong source and what uh, would it do to the copper hydrosol? Thank you. We love and appreciate the show. All right. Well, yeah, we haven't talked about this in a while, but the same thing applies to the sovereign silver and the Argentine 23. And it's always been part of it. You know, here's the sovereign copper. It's not new. And trying to avoid storing in, in areas of strong electromagnetic fields. And, and that means like, hopefully you don't use a microwave oven. But you don't store it right next to the microwave oven that is used, for one, for instance. Or, uh, you know, areas of, of high, I say, what other kind of machines put out a lot of EM fields that if you stored it by and it was always there? Uh, maybe on the, the, the other side of the wall of your electrical panel. And the reason is it, it, because of the, the fields uh, inter- interacting with the energy, if you will, of, of the integrity of this product, it would tend to alter or maybe agglomerate. It would reduce the efficiency of that 
retaining the uh, the pristine nature of the product. In other words, it takes a lot to produce something that would be stable. Copper one, copper two ions, for instance, or in the case of the bioactive silver hydrosol, the AG1 plus or the AG plus. Uh, so the impact of storing it there. Now, it's going to be exposed from time to time. That's not the issue. But storing it in those high EM field areas, that's the issue of long-term stability when you challenge something to maintain its integrity over time. So that does that make sense or did I speak, speak for a minute there and didn't make any sense what I was trying no, to No, it makes sense. I mean, you know, it's, a, it's interesting to take a look at, you know, if you pull up a list right, right now, yeah. like uh, what, what things give off EMF radiation, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess it would be strong. You're looking at strong, strong EMF, EMF strong. you know, yeah. so something, you know, you, you can get EMF from an, from a hairdryer, but that's not yeah. going to be yeah. as strong as say like uh, electrical wiring or appliances or power lines. So, yeah. but what happens if you happen to be around it? It's just like, look, there's a dissipation you burst into flames or yeah, something. No. Or, there's no? a dissipation okay. of those fields like an electrical outlet. So maybe not store it right at the electrical outlet. I mean, basic yeah. things. Just put it in a cabinet. It's fine. So don't overly concern yourself with that. But hair dryers do put out a ton of EMFs. They do a lot when you're, when you're on using them, of course. And I, I got my wife at one of the trade shows years ago. Uh, it was like, a, I think, an angel light dryer. And they're more expensive, but it's been going for years. And, it, and, it, and it's really measurably lower on the EMF scale significantly. Uh, for a hair dryer, anyway. So, I don't know if they're around. I'd love to get them on and promote them. They're a good, good product too. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Any questions or comments about what I just mentioned in the bonus round here? Let's see. No. No. Okay. All right. Let's see. Uh, we did that. We got Dan McDonough. He was great. Jonathan was great. I thought we had a great discussion and. I love that you were able to get in there. I just still think it's funny how it glitched the moment you went into your points. You know, your that's just yeah, it, that's just it's too perfect, law. right? I mean, yeah. you know, that's just how it works with me sometimes. So, mm-hmm. but um, all right, so yeah, and you know what? The the conversation was good, mm-hmm. and like I said, I will, I will, um, I will laugh because because mm-hmm. Emord agreed with me. Yeah, I know. You are such a principled person, and that's not a that's not an insult. That's all. You know? I'm a hard ass. That's what it is. Admit it, right? But yeah, I mean, I I, I get what you're saying. I do. I but... guess you know when I look at the the long term ramifications of even having a transitional kind of safety net, it, the illusion that you're you're actually safe is what I'm talking about because it's all a, it's all a lie. It's a scam. The government's providing you something that they will never really fulfill the promise. And even if they do, as we talk about the payment to you in dollars, the amount of things you can buy with those dollars. It may be a, a greater number than you thought, but it's certainly a lesser value than you had hoped. And so you're ending up hosed by doing that. And my argument was about being the, well, having the capacity to invest in yourself. You know, I had some people that I talked to at one of these events. I think I may have mentioned this online or maybe on the show one time where she was saying, yeah, we got, we kind of got hoodwinked into, and I know she didn't say it like that, but the, the whole crypto thing, I think it was at the nutritional frontiers event. And one of the ladies that was attending. And, you know, they lost pretty much maybe everything in that crypto thing. And she says, so what do you invest in? We talked about gold and silver. We talked about gold backs. I said, but ultimately my message is invest in yourself. If you believe in yourself, then invest in yourself. If you don't, of course, this is why people put their money elsewhere. They think I can't do all of that. So they hope in the stock market it'll go up. And I'm like Leslie. She commented, I'm not a a stock market person. I think it's legalized gambling. 
And and I know the game is often rigged and you, you get hosed for participating and you have to be numbered like cattle to be able to participate. So there's a lot of problems with that. And when we come into the, you know, the Social Security issue, you know, if you're in the system, yeah, you, you got to play by their rules. If you're not, the rules don't apply to you. And that's an important concept in law as well. You know, the question is, do you have a contractual obligation to do something that you don't have a contractual obligation to do? If you believe you do, you better pony up and participate in the way they say. Otherwise, they're going to try and tag you in some way, shape or form. So that's part of the discussion here. Gretel says, thanks for the EMF info. Let's see. What show is so great? This show. Oh, this show, Leslie. You like this show. She likes us. She really likes us, Super Don. She says, <laughs> I always learn something new, DJ Katie says. That's great. Tied with the Tenth Amendment Center. Look, if we're tied with the Tenth Amendment Center, Leslie, I feel good because you know how much we love us some Michael Bolden. Not that he shows up often, but he's trying to figure out where to live where he doesn't have to breathe garbage burning every day now in L.A., the crazy, hazy streets of L.A. So we wish Michael Bolden all the best on his move. And that was kind of cool learning that Dan went to the uh, the Tom Woods 2000 episode thing. That all was right. really awesome. I think we figured out we're like at somewhere between 9,000 and 10,000 episodes of this show. I think we lost track almost when, when we really? started. If I go back That's to all impressive. of the... If I go back to my weekly show called Jumpstart Your Health in Atlanta in 1999. Uh, now, how many had, of those shows did you do? We did once a week for, I don't know, three years or so. Yeah. And then, of course, we hooked up with TRN at a certain point, And then we're once a week for a great number of years until 2011 Groundhog Day. So 52 we weeks for three years. So that's 156. Yeah. And, and take out a few. Say go Right. right roughly. Yeah, yeah. Ballpark. Yeah, go 150, and then then you do. That's three years, 150. Add another what, eight or nine years at 150, and then you got to add from 2011 February uh, Groundhog Day 2011 till now, six days a week with with some exceptions when we take in a day off, but right. six days a week new shows. Dude, that's crazy. This is just a thing that we've 2011 been doing to 2022, almost 11. Well, over yeah, 10, 11 years of how many shows would that be a year six days a week well so you got 365 days a year you really want to do this now oh minus 52 so you're at 310 let's just call it 300 shows a year times 11 yeah that's 3300 plus the three so we're probably seven eight thousand shows i'm guessing wow and you've been here for a bunch of them probably the majority of them. majority yeah yeah that is crazy. So that's one or two shows, isn't it? That counts. One or two, yeah. yeah. I like the new chat bubble soup. <clears throat> what chat bubble is, is DJ Katie talking about? The chat bubble? Uh, I've, I ended up finding, I found out what the problem was with the uh, the chat room button on the oh, okay. on the website. And okay. they ch they've changed their coding altogether mm. uh, through the service that we use for the chat room. So okay. uh, it has a different button now. Oh, now I'm looking up. at it. It looks like it's green and white with a little. It's green it and white. Even say chat. No, I mean it. That's just that's what I have to work with. Well, if my mom found her way into it, then it's then it's good enough. That means it right. works. So it's a little chat bubble thing on there now, and it'll have a number on there. It'll show you how many people are in the chat room. Mm -hmm. So that that is fixed, sort of. I guess if you want to say fixed, yeah. I can't use the same same button I used before, but um, it's not little super tiny now. Yeah. Hey, has Murdoch smaller. done another update on his uh, health coach 
thing with Trinity? No. I don't know. Has he? I'm asking. Well, I thought you. I thought you were as a statement, not a. No, question. I only saw the first one, which was. Cool. I have not. I'm not aware of one. If there yeah. is one. Yeah. Well, Murdoch, let us know if you've got an update, and and shout out to Trinity School of Natural Health and all the good work they're doing. And Murdoch's part of their crowd now. He's on the inside. He's the in, he's one of the cool kids now. At Trinity. By the way, we have Lauren Ameling, Doctor Ameling, joining us tomorrow. I think we're going to talk some Trinity updates as well. I don't know. Do we have two guests tomorrow or just one? I think we have two. Let me look. Let me look, and then real quick, we can do the uh, the poll question of the day too. Okay. Which was inspired by a listener. We have Dick Morris on hour two tomorrow. Oh, really? We got Dick yes. Morris tomorrow. That'll be yes. interesting. Yes. He, he must have a new book out, right? He does. And, and it's somebody about, want, somebody it's about thinks, Trump. Uh, the the well, what would you say? The 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 uh, coordinated effort to try and prevent Trump from running in twenty twenty four. Okay, that should be yep. interesting. Okay, so today, let me remind myself who this was. We got a comment over at the website. Okay. And it was from TK. And TK said, uh, Hi, Ars being super D. These uh, people that are still wearing masks, especially the one on a sunny day outside or in their cars alone, are they ever going to unmask? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and TK said that that would be a good email question to ask people. So I love input. So that's what I did. And so the poll question of the day is: Some people still wear masks outside and driving. Mm-hmm. Will that ever go away? You had three choices. Yes, eventually it'll go away. No, some people will always be afraid or not sure. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the answer is? The number one I, answer. I, I think it's going to be no. Some people will always be afraid. That's the number one answer. And you are correct. Yeah. 78.3%. Yeah. Followed by yes, that they will eventually will go away. 16% and 5% unsure. Hey, well, thanks for everybody feeding back on those polls. Those are fun. We like doing yeah. those. And mm-hmm. we also got a comment of the day. We did. Um, and this has to do with the encore that we played yesterday. Oh, and this comes yeah. from Pat. Pat says, Hi, Robert and Super Don. I was so unexpectedly overwhelmed with sadness listening to Richard Pearl being yeah. his silly self and talking about Liam Sheff. I can only listen for a few minutes. I will try to get back to it when I am better prepared. Mm-hmm. So sad, such great unnecessary loss, both of them. But thank you for bringing the very best to the show, even the Encore episodes. Wow. I, I probably would. You were talking about me crying before we went on the air or early on with Jonathan Emore. I might have I was laughing. That. Well, you were laughing? It was, it, okay. it was, uh, it was Richard, Richard Pearl in the first hour, and then um, Scott, uh, Dr. Scott Jensen, the interview that did, did with him mm-hmm. in hour two. But wow. as I was listening and watching yeah. the interview with Richard, because it was on video, uh, you know, it, he showed up in his Apollo Creed hat, the red, white, and yeah. blue flag, you know, hat, stuff like that. And I just, dude, I, I, I was literally, I was just like chuckling through the whole yeah. episode because the two of you were just ribbing each other just on a re- any every opportunity that you guys had yeah to to to, I, to you are gonna hit the other guy now. you know with 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 a, with a one-liner I, it was awesome yeah. Yeah, yeah i miss him so much thinking about it. it's been a year you know as of last sunday richard yep. pearl taken from us by a hospital our hospital murders damn it just uh, this is yeah, the thing i know we carry on but thank you for playing that on the encore i'm sure it brings tears to my eyes as well as the joy that we had while we had our time together. That's why you got to appreciate every moment. 
Appreciate everything. It was everything. a lot of fun and a lot of good information. He was a smart was, dude. It was, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it was great to see our friend Lori at the uh, Autism One Conference. Lori says that trail you were walking on was about as wide as the trail the horse I was riding on the trail right after the Autism One Conference. You were on a horse riding on a trail that small? Man, I guess horses don't fall then. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> nerve-wracking. Yeah. I don't know. Some people dig that kind of thing, and I get it, you know. Yeah. Um, but to me, it's like... I, I don't want to take any chances. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I think I'm going to, you know, try and be a little more cautious about things than I, maybe I was when I was younger. And so I can appreciate, uh, I can appreciate your, your experience there. Mm -hmm. when, when I, you know, when we were kids, we didn't even think about that kind of stuff. You know? No, not at all. Just, not that we had a death wish. It, you know? you just got, yeah, you went for it. We were jumping over things like Evil Knievel back in the day. Yep. So, yeah. All right, so uh, tomorrow, uh, like you said, we've got uh, Lauren Ameling and Dick Morris, and then Saturday we've got our AMA. Oh man, that's right! It's coming up this Saturday, y'all. Be that's right. be a patron of the Robert Scott Bell Show. We'll have a great time. Come on, we want you to join us at noon Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific, uh, this Saturday. Can at... you give people maybe just a little um, um, hint at what we might be giving away at the AMA? Do you know what we're giving away? I don't. We hadn't talked about it. Well, you know, I always have, thanks to our friends at Natural Immunogenics, some silver and copper. So that's easy for me to go. I know we can give some silver and copper away. Uh, How about so I'll, I'll, I'll throw in a super mush daily chill? Yeah, I use that. I got the daily chill. There you go. That, 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 that will be give, we'll, be, we'll give that away. And then what did Remember you what? say you were going to give what? away? I've got copper and silver to give away. So we'll be giving away copper, giving copper away and silver. Copper, copper and silver, yeah. We need to get some more hats or something, right? Yeah, yeah. No, All I right. Mean, it's, it's, it, we need some more patrons to be able to get more hats. But yeah. Yes. So uh, listen, you want to you wanna support the Robert Scott Bell Show, get some access to some free perks, you know, some downloadable stuff and everything like that on Patreon, and be a part of our AMA. Just go over to the website, click on the Patreon banner, and... Uh, Four ninety nine a month. You can you can obviously sign up for for uh, more than that if you want, but that's the entry level, um, and that goes a long way. It really does go a long way in supporting us and and uh, allowing us to continue to grow and expand the show. Yeah, thanks for helping us out. Murdoch says he won't be at the AMA. He's one of the busiest markets on the fourth Saturday of the month. Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm reading two different things. Um, where where was it? Where did it go? I won't be at the AMA. This will allow Leslie to win all the things. Okay, now I see. I was confused. Two <laughs> different comments at the same time. Yeah, Leslie says, I have intentionally not participated because I was winning all the time. Yeah, Leslie's <laughs> such a sweetheart, isn't she? I mean, she's like, she could yeah. win every one of those if she wanted. But she's she's amazing. Yeah. Right. Murdoch's going to be studying for training. You see, he's got an excused absence. As much as we'd be annoyed, you know, the thing is about studying, it's not like you can't take a five-minute break to say hello. I'm just saying, Murdoch. It's not like you can't take a five-minute break to go, hey, here I am. Hello, I'm okay. Hi, thanks. I'm just saying. We'll see what happens. Are you trying to shame him? No, I would never. Oh, no, of course Jeez. not. He would never do that to me. Robert Scott bully. <laughs> I'm such a bully. Oh my gosh! Got a bully pulpit. That's true. You can do that's that. That's true. Anyway. All right. Well, that's what I've got. Good show today. 
Yeah, I'm good to good to good oh, to go. Oh, 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 yeah. one other what? thing. Um, yeah. And I, I just I just sent out an email, uh, an upcoming events email. So if you're on the email list, um, you've got that in your inbox, and that's just you know some of the online webinars and stuff that are coming up. But one in particular that is coming up that I want to make sure you guys know about is we do have a Cardio Miracle webinar coming up on the 30th, which is a oh, Tuesday. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. And I'm so excited because it's been so long. Yeah. That it's going to be you and John Hewlett. Yeah, I have been wanting John Hewlett to come back. John. We haven't seen him in a while, dude. It, John's it, amazing. Yeah, Stan kind of just kind of took over the webinar thing, and we haven't we haven't been able to hang out with John in quite a while. So he will be with there with you yeah. on Tuesday the thirtieth, talking about uh, how to reverse a depressed immune system mm -hmm. uh, with Cardio Miracle. And so, if you guys have not been to one in a while, go check it out. If you haven't been to one at all. Uh, it's going to be a special treat because we will have John Hewitt this time. Yeah, we'll have some new updates as well. More science always to the yep. equation if you love that. Murat, so check your email. If you're signed up, uh, you've got an email that has that. I think it's the first uh, item on the upcoming events. Mm -hmm. If you're not signed up for the email, then yeah. what's wrong with you? What is? What are you waiting for? What is? What Murdoch get... is, and he feels personally attacked by me because I told him he could take a five-minute stretch break on the AMA. Enjoying Holy cow. Minutes. You know what? <laughs> This is cool. I what? just said, you know, hey, if you want to be, we have a new patron. It just popped up. Boing. That Yay! was quick. Hooray. Meredith. Meredith has joined us on Patreon. Thank you, Thank Meredith. Thank you, Meredith. Appreciate that. You. Love that. Thank you very much. <sighs> Appreciate that very, very Meredith much. Meredith will really be with good. us on Saturday now. Hooray. I'm looking forward to meeting Meredith on yes. the Zoom call. So I got to remember to set that up as well. Sometimes I like forget until the day of. Maybe I should do it a little earlier this time. Because we're almost, well, 36 hours out from it. Correct Mundo. Murdoch says, about time, Meredith. I mean, welcome. <laughs> Dude, he's always so quick. -witted. Be nice. Yeah. All right, what is this here? Super D, are you going to do whatever you were going to do at the, oh, the very end today? Oh, yeah, that's right. What were you going to do? That's right. Well, if you remember yesterday, I said I had something you know, that was different at the end of the video. Two days ago, right? That's right. Well, yeah, it was you, two days ago. You're right. Yeah, and, and you um, and, and you nobody got it. it. You missed it by this much, though. Remember, nobody what I said got it. To but yeah. today, it, it it actually may be a little more obvious. Everybody thought it was the scrolling thing that was at the bottom of the screen, but that's old. That's like like a couple months ago. I just don't use it that much because it, it almost kind of looks annoying to me. But I throw it in every once in a while. Um, but yeah, so yes, today it will be a kind of a cool. I don't know. I kind of geek out on on like. When I figure out like different things I can do with the, yeah. you know, for example, like right now with the, uh, or actually not right now. I didn't turn not it right on, now? did I? No, there that, we go. You, I had to put that one up because I don't know how to do the one you just did. So I'll take that one off. There you yeah. go. Yeah. See, like this is cool. This is like, hey, look, I can do something different. <laughs> and then I figured out something else. So, yes, that will happen yeah. at the end of the video. Oh, Murdoch says, Cardio Miracles customer service is amazing. Uh, let's see. My husband is loving the results, DJ Katie says. Just got your second big canister of Cardio Miracle. Wonderful. Yeah, it is amazing. Hmm. They sent an extra bottle for Murdoch because one was damaged. Nice. Well, look at that. What, did it have a scratch on the uh, on the sticker or something? Murdoch uh -huh. playing it. He's playing it. Get a new bottle. <laughs> now he's in. Now I'm in. Now I'm in big trouble with Murdoch. That's why he should show up for five minutes, just to let me have it. Well, do it if you can. That would be cool. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Anything All right. else to cover today? No, I think that's it. So we'll be back tomorrow um, with a whole bunch of other new stuff to talk about. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Yes, thank you all. And thanks for everybody in the chat room as well. And thanks to uh, Dan for first time on the show. He was fun from Berkeley. Good stuff. Good, good parental discussions as well. And a lot of things I think we need to be considering. Thanks to Jonathan E. Moore. And that's about it. God willing, we'll see you less than 22 hours from now.